Taylor. Hey, Fro. What do you call a family that grows marijuana in their backyard? I don't know. What do you call a family that grows marijuana in their backyard? A joint family. (laughs) (laughs) On this week's Another Digital Citizen, we are talking news of the week, extreme rules predictions. We're talking about marijuana and the TV show Weed Etiquette. We are talking about uh, Prussian Blue, The Darkness, and we are also talking about The Path, Episode 8. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien, uh, und uh, auf Wiedersehen und uh, guten Tag, meine Damen und Herren. Herzlich willkommen aus Another Digital Citizen. I think that's all the intros I know in different languages and a little mixed up together. Let's say hola, uh, Luke. Hi, everybody. ¿Cómo estás? How's it going this week? Uh, muy bien. Uh, <laughs> unos dos? I don't. I failed Spanish, so I have what? no idea. I got nothing. Yep. Really? Yep. Do, you know, do you know any other language than English? No. Uh, I I, I, I'm not sure if you know English either, so that's sure. Well, uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if English it knows itself sometimes. <laughs> it's true. Uh, hola, uh, me, um, Tilly. Hola, Fro. ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo estás? Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's about my uh, yeah. repertoire of Spanish as well. Except for, dos de vesas, por favor, or Malibu con piña, por favor. <laughs> Cuánta cuesta, and I, uh, and I point to the uh, thing I want. Cuánta uh, means how much. That's a good one. Yep. I'm sure I've used that, but not as much as the and, beer. And... and someone tricked me to say, Quanta cuesta buena? That means how much is, is it for your processor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder why someone slapped me when I said that. Well, they, you could have been lucky if the right kind of girl was listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20 euros, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> how much is 20 euros? Uh, that's my question. Hey, uh, did you know uh, that uh, there was uh, this thing called Eurovision this uh, week? It's been mentioned. You have maybe heard about it in the last episode of the 
podcast, maybe? Yeah, a little bit. I think we was in the last podcast a few yeah. times, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. And on your Facebook with your profile picture, and and it's popped up on the iPlayer now on the BBC. <laughs> Have you watched it? No, but Graham Norton's hosting it, so I might end up sitting through it. Depends what you say about it on this show. I ended up watching uh, the Justin Timberlake, oh. just that song, so... <laughs> Fro didn't like that bit. Nope, and that's was the worst thing with the whole thing. I, I guess he's on like a European tour, so he's already over there anyway. So he just kind of, yeah. But it was boring and stupid song. Oh. I didn't like the song either. But uh, I liked uh, who won actually. Uh, I have that on my third place of countries that was going to win actually. I really like the song 1944 by Ukraine. Hey, Tilly, what do you know about Ukraine? Not a great deal, if I'm honest. Did you know that they were kind of occupied by Russia? I, I didn't. What, they were or they are? Well, they are kind of occupied. Yeah, they have been yeah. uh, on and off for a while now, yeah. Yeah. Because... Is this where it's all been kicking off over the past couple of years? Uh-huh. Yeah. It, yeah, it's one of the main reasons the America and Russia aren't getting along as well, so... Yeah, it's Ukraine. Right. Because they're trying to take the half-island or something like that. That was uh, uh, Ukrainian territorial uh, ground. So, Tilly, guess who didn't like... That <laughs> Ukraine one. <laughs> uh, to guess, I'd think perhaps Russia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they, what the Russians said? Yeah, they 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 like. Uh uh-uh, uh, this is fake voting. Uh, we were supposed to win. They come on on third, by the way, uh, behind Australia. Uh, so uh, Russia are pretty much. Yeah. No, we were supposed to win. We've paid out enough bribes that we've won. Yeah. And then they've come in and actually won. Yeah. <laughs> what it says here, it, it says, uh, this is a quote from Russian MP Elena Drapiko. Sure. This is partly a consequence of the propaganda war of information that is being waged against Russia. There is a general demonization of Russia that we are evil, that our athletes are doping, uh, that our planes are violating airspace. So, yeah, they took some serious offense to this, I guess. But, I'm, I'm sorry, Luke, but what the fuck does that have to do with the song that won? Like, uh, like they said, it's uh, <laughs> part of a propaganda war, so they think it's uh, just, uh, you know, European propaganda, I guess you'd say. Oh. Yeah, cause it says here that the song 1944 was a ballad about the 1944 deportation of the Crimean Tatars, Tatars, which does seem like violate the Eurovision <laughs> rule. I don't know what T A T A R S. I don't know how to say it. Um, which might seem like it will violate the Eurovision rule about the inclusion of ov- about the inclusion of overtly political songs. But it's nineteen forty-four. There's there's some some years ago. Yeah. Yeah, but still, if it's advancing a political agenda it's not supposed to be in the but whatever yeah i i thought the song was good <laughs> that's why it won actually so right there you go 
I I think you know like 1994 was a good good show, but wow, what a good show this year. Uh, me and my dad, we 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 talked a little back and forward, and it's maybe the best Eurovision in maybe ten years. Wow. Yeah, it's it's filled with songs that could win, and and for the first time I felt like. It was the right winner. Like I really liked the song, and it's also sending a big fu to 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 Russia. I Hence, mean, Russia not liking it. It is <laughs> right. Bra- yeah. It's kind of brave to choose su- such a political song when the Eurovision allowed it, because there there has been controversial. Uh, uh, things about it, and they talked about like not uh, letting it in and things like that. I'm glad they did because I I, I agree with Russia. This is kind of it, it is a big fu, and they are talking already about like demonstrating against it and not coming on the next Eurovision. <laughs> Because, I like, guess in the past there's been problems with Russia in Eurovision. They've tried to start their own yeah. um, well, version of, of uh, Eurovision, I guess. Yeah, wow, Russian run Eurovision. Yeah, hmm. uh, yeah, but it was called something different. Uh, they I get, a number of year ago, years ago they tried yeah. to. Probably it, the all greatest, all singing, all dancing, all everything, <laughs> rulers of the empire of music. Yes, yes, Tilly, that was the title. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's called the Intervision Contest. Yeah, Intervision. Intervision. And it was, it was uh, in the late 70s, and they tried to bring it back in 2009, yeah. and they were trying to work with China and Central Asia. So that would have been fun. Uh, that would have been really contest. good to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But not a huge success. But that, that's kind of I I I I've read a lot of things about this this Eurovision, and I I agree with a lot of points. But I I just think the way she sings the song and her performance of that song is one of the most beautiful things I've seen in Eurovision. I like, guess take away uh, the Ukraine thing, but I mean. In, if the rules are that it's not supposed to be a political song, wouldn't if you were Australia, wouldn't you kind of be like, "Hey, that's yeah. not cool." Yeah. But all right. And 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 Australian media has also talked about this. So, I mean, uh, I read a Norwegian newspaper that said that the chastity of Eurovision was now taken. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bit extreme, but well, I kind of see what they're saying. Oh, yeah, like like now 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 it moved from a nice cozy uh, competition about singing to something political. But right. it, yeah. there's always been political things in Eurovision. Like if people are so insane, shit crazy to think that that there hasn't been political uh, things behind. Uh, other songs. It's just that this this one with such a clear title and such a big bond to uh, to to Russia. Like when Rise of the Phoenix, right? Rise like Phoenix. Sorry, one uh, for 
uh, ostrich, uh, uh, and uh, it was a man with a beard in a dress. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, like nobody can tell me that that wasn't political in a way that uh, it was uh, uh, going to show people like, yeah, f you, we are now accepting gay people. Like it's it, it's always political. Yeah, but I think that was less. That was more sort of to everybody that have that aren't accepting gay right. people, rather than just but that's, a country. But that's political. It, it I suppose it is. I guess they sort of. I don't know what the rules are for Eurovision, but if they said politics needs to keep out of it, you can't keep politics out of music, otherwise you end up with Mr. Blobby songs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's a good, very, very good point. Or skinhead. <laughs> That's got plenty of politics. It's just the wrong kind. <laughs> hey, talking about Hitler. Um, uh, what have your ex-mayor of London said about EU this week? Uh, this has quite annoyed me because <laughs> I'm I'm vote leave. I I want us to not be in the European Union. Yeah. But the fact that both Boris Johnson and Donald Trump have said that we should leave and. Boris is uh, right on the back of the Leave Party, sort of, you know, I suppose at the front of it, really. Yeah, but yeah he's, the front of it, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I just can't imagine him being at the front of anything. He's an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, likened the EU to Hitler and saying that, you know, Hitler wanted one combined single authority and the EU was trying to do this by different methods. And uh, yeah, that's his sort of... His big guns for trying to get us to vote leave. I kind of understand his point. I do, but don't what? say it. Don't use it as one of your points when you're standing at a... Right, because I've always said, well, look at it, this. It's Germany trying to uh, get a big alliance again. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's this um, talk of... Apparently, there's more talk of um, us getting rid of a lot of our army and having a EU military that's right. run out of Germany mm-hmm. and none of us want that yep. but you know that seems can't... like a bad idea to me oh definitely from an outside perspective <laughs> but all right that, but again it could be scaremongering from the other side of you know because we don't know what inf- we're getting bombarded with information at the minute of why to leave and why to stay but it's hard to know what the actual real Vote for leaving. <coughs> sorry, that's I had, already I where some, I'm at. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Something in my throat. <laughs> yeah, I got my polling card through today. Came through my door. Ready for Thursday, the 23rd of June. I'll go I, I did see a thing that came out from Norway's prime minister. I think it was, and she was saying how she thought that it wouldn't work for Britain to leave the EU. But... Yeah, but she's always been pro. She wants yeah. uh, Norway to go, get in, and that's oh, never, okay. ever going to happen. Right. I guess the EU really wants to get in Norway because they want some of that uh, oil money. money. They want to get their hands on that, but yeah. Norway's it's not having any of that. Money, money, money. And we're quite, I mean, this country especially, where we are, we have very, very, very good seasons for providing our own sustenance if that makes sense. We could run this country on our own if we so needed to. We won't right. have to. None of this. Europe isn't just going to say, no, that's, you know, we're not going to trade with you anymore. That's ridiculous. 
that's even not going to... Even though America uh, or Obama, like, literally threatened it, but... Yeah, <laughs> Obama said that we'd be at the back of the queue, but I... There's been a lot of threats being thrown around, and quite frankly, bollocks to him. <laughs> he's on his way out at the minute. You know, by the time things start changing, he's not necessarily going to be... It is funny to see Obama now. He he doesn't care at this point. He just says whatever he feels like, and he's yeah. like, "I don't. I'm I'm way out. I, you, what are you gonna do? Fire me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> or even Trump said, like, if he if he ends up, God forbid, being the president, he's like, I wouldn't have any issue. Like, you wouldn't be at the back of the queue at all. Uh, I don't know what the other other candidates or potential candidates, whatever they're called at the minute, are. I don't know what they've said. I think Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, the only thing I don't like with Bernie Sanders is, is pro-EU. Well, see, we're still, we still have, we'd still trade with the EU, we'd still be very close, oh. there's still, um, you know, a lot of the laws that were made yeah. after the Second World War yeah. that were to do with the EU then, that yeah. would still apply to us, would still yeah. be, you know... Right, because Norway's not in not in the EU, and they they still okay. trade with them, and they have to work together. I mean, it's yeah. inevitable. So, oh, hey, uh, you did you do your um, humankind uh, work this week? Uh, Look, did you vote this week? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I sent in my ballot last week, like I said on the show last week. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, the tally and the of the ballots happened yesterday so in oregon and kentucky right so in the only uh, thing I, I before you say the results okay. the only thing i think of when i say kentucky is kentucky fried chicken yeah sorry and i, and, and the only I need thing, to do something as well yeah and the only thing i know about oregon is that you live there <laughs> <laughs> oh portlandia well, there's portlandia so oh yeah, yeah We've got our reporter on scene right now in Oregon to tell us about the results of the presidential <laughs> primary. <laughs> Over to you, Luke. Over to me. So uh, let's start with Oregon then. I guess we had a duel here. Obviously, Trump won because he's the only candidate left on the Republican <gasps> side. What a surprise. Sanders won here as well uh, Yay. with Yay. Uh, 12, uh, 12% uh, lead. Uh, he had 56. She had 44 uh, and then Kentucky was super close, so close that so close. I couldn't even write down the results last night because I didn't know exactly where it was all so going to end up this morning, uh, West Coast time, I guess. Uh, and it ended up, after 100% reporting, 46.8% <laughs> to 46.3%. So we had a 0.4% difference with Clinton winning uh, by about 2,000 votes, uh, a little less than 2,000 votes, so. Whoa. Super close, and I guess there is rumor that Sanders might ask for a recount, but we will see what happens. So. <laughs> Are you all right, bro? Yeah, are you laughing or crying? It's sad. Right, he's crying. It's sad. Lost. What's so sad? He lost just with 2,000 votes. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the way the Democratic side works, uh, it's proportional, so right. it is ends up being a tie anyways. Yeah. So we can just call this a tie, really, uh, delegate-wise. So cool. right now, uh, Clinton, 
Pledge Delegates, uh, 1,768. Sanders, 1,494. And another thing, just from the past, I guess, uh, remember how I showed you New York, Fro, and there was like one spot where Clinton was winning in the Uh whole state? Oregon looks exactly the same. So, yeah. Uh, Just like Minnesota. So it's obvious Clinton goes for certain demographics and certain areas of certain states so she can try to win with the most votes in without doing as much work. Uh, she didn't go to Oregon at all. Uh, she wasn't doing anything in the, as far as, uh, campaigning in the last couple weeks. And then this week she was all over, uh, Kentucky cause she thought she was going to lose. But, uh, like we said, she won by 0.4%. So. But what happened in the world this week? Look, right. So did you guys see any of the video or any of this, uh, from the, from the, I saw uh, I saw a little video. I saw a video from um, the Young Turks yeah. that was sort of an extra video that wasn't shown on telly. Uh, yeah, most of the videos that uh, like they pretty much on mainstream media keep showing like the same couple thirty second clips, but there are whole you know uh, thirty minute to hour long videos out there you can find that people have posted. Uh, and really, it's super complicated, and that's kind of how caucuses work. But what ended up happening was there's a three-tier system. They're supposed to do the initial vote, and then they go back and they caucus, and then they do a third. And what happened was uh, basically the Democratic Party in that state said the second tier, which was the tier that Bernie Sanders won, didn't count at all. And it was up back up basically for uh, grabs. And then they took all of the uh, – a bunch of delegates got taken away from Sanders, and there was just a, a, a melee, and it ended up getting a little crazy. So, hmm. Not good. But by yeah, the sounds uh, of it, nobody was sort of violent or not sort of physically violent. Nobody hurt anybody from the sounds of it, or were people hurt? Um, no. No. Uh, the only person that got arrested was actually a Hillary supporter. Uh, <laughs> even though if you were to watch mainstream media, you would not know that. Uh, the funny part is it happened on Saturday. Mainstream media didn't say anything about this until Tuesday. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was super anti-Sanders. Uh, so that's how they do it. That's uh, cool. Uh, then, then again, there was some uh, difficulties in the football match this week, Tiller. There was. There was a huge... I saw a lot about this in Norwegian media because we care about football. Yeah, well, so do we, especially when it's, um, you know, well, it was the very, very last game of the season as well, where there were loads and loads of teams. I only know this because Dick's a massive football fan, Arsenal fan. Uh, Yeah, lots of football goes on. But yeah, um, loads and loads of games. I'm doing your boyfriend because he's, he's... an Arsenal fan? Why, yeah. why is why is he, why is he such such a? <laughs> I I was going to call him stupid, but then then I was like nah. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's his thing. He's a gooner. But yeah, um, at this match at Old Trafford at Manchester United, Manchester United versus Bournemouth, who um, <laughs> Dick's housemate um, supports. There was an, a device found. It was an incredibly lifelike explosive device was found and the whole place was evacuated. 
And like if it was just a normal game, maybe it wouldn't matter so much. But as it was the last game that was going to sort of finish off deciding who is where on the points table and everything, and there is, you know, maybe 10 games or something, or maybe less than that, all played, same day, same time. You know, that's why all the different pubs have different games on sort of thing. All at the same time, you go to a pub to go and watch the Arsenal game, or you go to a different one to go and watch the Leicester game. Right. So the fact that this one was everybody was pulled out of it and they were having to redo it. Lots of people are needing refunds. Lots of people are having to get back from, well, go from Bournemouth again to Manchester, which is, I think, about a 200-mile journey there. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's been a lot of uproar. But it turns out it wasn't a terrorist attack. It wasn't a bomb. It wasn't anything to worry about. It was a fake device left in there by a security firm that were doing a training exercise. They forgot the training uh, ex- uh, device. Yeah, apparently there was 13 Smudge. that used that day, and they'd said they'd got a tick list, and they'd charted that all 13 had been retrieved, and one hadn't. <sighs> so he sacked, and he made yep. a very... Um, I've, you've really got to feel for him if you see his apology video of him holding the device <laughs> and he's just I, I have to take all the blame it's like very clearly he's been sacked and been told yeah. that he has to yep. go and be on telly and I would sorry. sack him oh totally yeah well, there's a I lot mean, of people I, I, that I don't understand why they used the, the picture that I saw of this improvised device that or training device I guess they said uh, why would they make it look like this but Wouldn't for th- paint it all bright orange or you know something like that to make it obvious that it's not real. I think it's so it's relatively realistic in the yeah. thing, but it does say on it this is a training device. <laughs> it does say on it that it's but, a training but device. Come on, right? But it's not in big, not in big enough letters that you could see it. Yeah, from but a come distance. on, yeah. Tilly, if you were a terrorist and knew that they had some device that looks like a training device and it says I am a training device. Wouldn't you be such a clever person that you would put on, this is a training device? Oh, definitely. Uh-huh. Everybody walks past it and they're like, ah, I don't ah, Who cares? It's just a training device. Yeah. Because uh, apparently it was in a um, changing room in a cupboard or something, or behind the door or something, of a, an extra room in a changing room. Yeah. Very... Very bizarre, but it was all all right in the end. Nobody was hurt. It wasn't anything scary, but lots of people are very, very annoyed. Yeah. Like, football fans being very annoyed is never good. Right, yeah. <laughs> We've seen what can happen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then again, uh, the most important news of the week, I destroyed my hard disk. Yeah, what... Can you elaborate more on this given that I'm a person that has only just used, learned to use an iPad do I want to elaborate on how to not take a backup I'm not sure I should because my boss could be listening to this and then my boss would have material enough to call me a stupid fucking moron <laughs> right because I didn't take backup of my well, this was an external drive, so it was kind of a backup already, right? Or you, this was you, what you were using as your main drive. So, nice, nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I had every 
single TV thing on that. And it died from me with four terabytes of material in it. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, always fun when things are destroyed. So, uh, we are uh, when we are talking about the path uh, this episode, uh, I haven't seen the path <laughs> episode <laughs> 8 yet. <laughs> so, I guess he's not talking about it. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, you're going to get a little spoiled, I guess, but uh yeah, uh, should have let me know. I could have found it somewhere for watch, but but uh, yeah, I I I have uh, watched fifty percent of it, so uh, all right, okay. I will I will be fifty percent spoiled. <laughs> all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the most important news of the week. Let's move on. Um, hey, Luke. What's up? You are a racist, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true, but alright. <laughs> what? You made me watch a racist group this week. I know, and I felt bad about it, but uh, I just thought this was um, uh, this could help me put me over the top for the win, so I had to do it. Did you know that I'm going to spoil this? It worked against you. Oh, okay. I don't know what, how that could even possibly be a thing, but we'll find out. Uh, I guess I'll go into a little bit about this. This is Prussian Blue uh, Skinhead Boy. Skinhead Boy. Sorry, I couldn't remember it there for a second. Um, and it's a less than two minute song, and somehow in that two minutes they feel all this horribleness. So I don't know how they manage that. But this is by two little girls. Uh, their names are Lynx and Lamb. I'm going to call it Gade, because it's spelled sure. G-A-E-D-E. That's a weird name. And if you want to see more of them, you can see it in uh, Louis Theroux's documentary about uh, white supremacy. How have I not seen that? Because I hadn't seen these before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you seen the, uh, the two girls that dances... With Louis Theroux over a uh, swastika sign, and the mm. mother telling about like they draw swastika signs in the sand. No. No. Okay. That are the girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here it says uh, they first performed together by singing at a white nationalist fe- festival called Eurofest in 2001. Oh yeah. Uh, and they've ha- not, they had... not the same as Eurovision. I just have to say that. It sounds, <laughs> right, I... it sounds like the same. It's not the same. It also sounded like you'd been, by the way. You went, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, but these two little girls basically got brainwashed into being little neo-Nazis. And their parents put them into music business. And, uh, you know, they had a following in the neo-Nazi uh uh, I don't know what you would call it. Community? Movement. I guess so. Yes. Movement. There you go. Um, and it ma- they later, also made a musical. <laughs> right, which you mentioned last week. Uh, so there was a, at the time, this was big in the news, especially in America. Uh, in the future, which I guess this doesn't count towards my score or anything, but they ended up becoming liberals. Yep. 
and they ended up actually becoming uh, activists for the legalization of marijuana. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And marijuana, they attributed to turning their lives around and basically uh, teaching them that the way their ways were wrong. So uh, I guess that goes kind of into what we're going to talk about later. So. The magical healing powers. Works on idiot as well. <laughs> I'm uh, Tilly to go first because I ha- I'm guessing me and Tilly's uh, points are going to be really different this week, and I will tell you why soon. Okay. Now, I was when I first started listening to it, I was instantly appalled. But these girls can really sing. That's my problem. <laughs> and they can this. really perform. That's also so, a problem. And only because of that, because I think they've been used, I think they've been yeah. manipulated and things. So for that sort of sake, 8.5 out of 10. My problem is the same problem that Luke had with my... Um, a song with I suddenly forgot her name. Oh, uh, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Avril Lavigne, yeah. The song is too catchy, look. I didn't think they were good singers at all, but uh, I, I, I well, considering their age. Oh yeah. And you know, playing. Okay. Guitar I, I just thought the song was really simplistic as far as uh, the instrumentals go, and. Their singing is not that great, but maybe you listened to a different version than I did, so but I don't know. It, but it's music massacre. It's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, what I sing about is horrible massacre. Well, yeah, that's part of the song, though. So there you go. But it's. What they sing about is part of the song. Yeah. I I agree, but it's too catchy. That's fine. So what do you give it as a score, bro? I'm giving it the lowest I can. Four. Uh, okay. I think that's not true, but I'll let you go with that, bro. What? Uh, I'll let I people go out there and listen. That's true. A four? I, I, I four is four. four is like in the territory of good song, practically. So no, I don't think that's correct. Okay. But so, um. So if if five is five if. Five is the middle, right? Okay, so okay. four is yeah. six. Six, then. six. Then. I don't want to change your score, but no, if that's six, what, you know, six. I changed. Right. I changed my score. That's that's. It, not... Yeah, I mean, even if you would have had a four, I still would have won this game. But okay. that's fine. Yeah, but... uh... <laughs> Quick, change it back. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm uh, giving. I didn't want to point that out before we did the thing, so that it wouldn't skew any of the scores or anything. But I know. <laughs> yeah. That I won. I changed so my score. I'll go over the. Your, oh, what you you did your score? I'm changing my score to minus seventy three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's go over the scores real quick. Of uh, I guess it covered. Um, we did we did have a big break, so we covered uh, about twelve weeks doing this uh, thing. Uh, like we said, we averaged out the scores of all of our songs. So, episode twenty one, uh, Fro did "Cheeky Song" by the Cheeky Girls. I gave it a seven five. Tilly gave it an eight. Uh, 
episode 22. What, what episode was that, Taylor? 21, I think you said. Oh, the name right. of it. Yeah. Right. Just remember that I was supposed to be looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm not switched on Hi. yet. It was, <laughs> it was episode My Neighbours. Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then episode 22, Eiffel uh, 65 was Tilly's song, Blue. That was the sexy donkey episode. Right. <laughs> and uh, Fro had a 7-5 on that one, and I had a 6-5. Uh, episode 23. Under a rock. Uh, we had Ozo Dragos Dentai. Uh, Tilly gave it a 5.5, and I gave it a 5. Uh, kind of think that one... that song kind of screwed you fro yeah you were ahead except for that song kind of screwed you uh episode 25 was <laughs> this was uh, between a hard rock and a fireplace <laughs> uh e17 it's all right was tilly's uh fro gave it a nine and i give it a six it's really all right <laughs> uh <sighs> I, this would have been where we skipped, so we skipped four weeks. Uh, episode 29 was Tilly DJ returns. Alligator Project. Yep, Tilly Returns. Uh, Fro gave it a 10. Tilly gave it a 9. Uh, episode 30 was uh, Avril Lavigne Hello Kitty. So that was 7.5. Tilly got an 8. Uh, and then we had, obviously, the last couple weeks, Mr. Blobby was Fro at a 10, and I gave it a 7. And um, then we had this last one. So Fro ended up with his total score after averaging out the three songs, 13.3. Uh, Tilly had a 15.3. And yeah, so I ended up with a 16.1 uh, after all the songs. So I ended up winning. Yay! Well done! Yep. Well done! Uh, I guess so. I have I can find really terrible music. I guess. That's <laughs> yeah, you know bad music when you hear it. Yeah, but you. I think you took it when you got a nine and a ten. Yeah. Uh, DJ Alligator Project definitely took yeah. me over the top. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was. I uh, mean, in the in the end, uh, we after our uh, when we uh, averaged them out, we were all one point away from each other, basically. So it was really close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next week we are doing something completely new, Luke. What are we doing next week? Uh, we're going to do uh, Stump Fro, which is going to be a new what? little game game we play. Stump me? Yep. Yeah. We are going to take the 51st... The 51st... Uh, <laughs> not the 51st, but the 51st... Uh, titles on IMDb and I will tell you how much I haven't uh, in the TV sh- uh, section TV uh, shows right yeah, yeah. and uh, I will tell you how many I haven't seen of those 50 and you are going to guess which one it is right so it's going to be a competition between me and Tilly <gasps> uh, we'll probably do something like we each get to pick four or five and see how many we can get that Fro hasn't seen, and whoever gets the most wins. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Right, it's and we're going to do it for a few weeks, so we'll see who wins out of... I think we're going to do it for five weeks. Yeah, so. we're going to do it for five weeks. 
So it's sort of like a game of never have I ever, but with never has forever seen this one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because exactly. you, you always say to me, I watch a lot of TV, and now you can prove that I have or haven't. It'd be interesting to see where the gaps are. Yeah. I yeah. know where the gaps are. Talking about, TV, talk, talk, talking about TV, I watched uh, a Louis Thoreau uh, documentary this week. Have you watched a Louis Thoreau documentary this week, Tilly? I have. So you begin. Um, well, it depends if you watch the same Louis Thoreau documentary. I it... With brain damage. Yes. They, oh. Was it called A Different Brain? A Different Brain. Really good documentary. Absolutely brilliant. He goes through meeting um, lots of different people that have suffered with brain injuries from one reason or another. Um, and I, my neighbour suffered with a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage. Yeah. Um, so I know I know her post that. I didn't know her before, but I know she's a lot different to how she was because their whole everything changes about them. I cried a little. <laughs> uh, it was hard. Yeah. With there's a, a mother of an adult son that yeah. she can't she can't have him living with her. Yeah. She can't look after him. He's too <sighs> much, and he never was before. It's and, so hard. And and the dark skinned boy, I I I love just love him. I just fell totally in love with him. Such, oh, all, oh, I loved that woman. There was a woman that oh, was she in was home, inappropriate. Yeah. Oh, so she was. She's, in a care home, but she was just flirty and oh. just lovely people. But you can just tell how much something as small as you know a knock on your head yeah. could be. It's yeah. insane. It's totally insane. And and I it, I love how Louis Theroux like doesn't make it about himself. He no, he lets people's stories come true. I love that uh, aspect of his documentary style. He He's, does. He doesn't judge, does he? He just sits no. and he asks the right questions to get honest oh. answers. And he genuinely he feels for these people. Yeah, He's got, he you can tell. Yeah. Oh, so good. That's the uh, only thing I watched this week because someone destroyed his desk with <laughs> all his TV stuff on it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> there's lots of things for you to watch once uh, you get everything sorted, though. Uh, someone bought a new box today for some strange reason. Hey. Yeah, uh, I think that <laughs> someone was me. Um, Luke, have you seen anything on TV this week? Uh, yeah, I watched, uh, well, I, I saw UFC, uh, part of it, uh, on Saturday. I just saw the Chris Cyborg fight, because uh, <laughs> that was her first fight in UFC. Yeah. She basically destroyed the lady in, like, uh, I think it was under a minute. Oh, yeah. I loved uh, her, her fight. Right, she's I called mean, Chris Cyborg. Yes. No, her <laughs> nickname is Cyborg, yeah. Oh, right, um, okay. But she's a Brazilian fighter, and she's kind of been, as far as female fighters go, uh, she's kind of the top in the world, but she's never been in UFC before. So a lot of people, even when everybody was so into Ronda Rousey, they was, all, uh, all the people that actually knew fighting said, well, yeah, but if she went up against Cyborg, she would get her ass kicked. So. Yeah. Uh, Big Brother Canada finale was this week. Yes. Uh, 
that was kind of exciting. I didn't like who won. Me neither. Uh, I didn't really like the game that the two brothers played, but um, I guess uh, this was kind of, I think this was the first time ever that uh, a a pair has won a a big brother, so that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, and then I saw Deadbeat this week. I watched a bunch of it, and it's really good. Isn't it? but it kind of starts to not get as good toward in the third season, or yeah. at least from what I've seen of it. So yeah. I, I, I'm in the third season now, uh, but, but I like so the good. beginning better than how it's where it's going. Yeah, me, t- me too. And it, is the is the girl who plays the ghost girlfriend? Is she Danny DeVito's daughter? Yeah. Okay. Why? Well, her last name's DeVito, oh, yeah. and she's tiny, so yeah. I kind of yeah, put yeah. two and two together there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's not round and bold as well, is she? No, no. No. <laughs> okay. she's, she's adorable, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I I thought you were going to like that show. I'm so happy that you liked it. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the thing, the some of the ways he is in, like, the first couple episodes, they <laughs> totally change. Yeah. And I wish they would have stayed with him being uh, kind of the way he is. Uh, yeah. But other I than agree. that. I, I think the third season is the weakest. Yeah, well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, now I'm going to leave uh, my uh, Mac for a little while and let you t- to talk about marijuana. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be here. <laughs> I'm not that against it. But, uh, yeah, uh, did you watch the Vidaket this week as well, uh, Luke? Right, so, yeah, I did. I didn't put that in there, but... Uh... Yeah, I watched all the episodes this week. Um, interesting. It yeah, was what interesting. did you think? Uh, I mostly liked the stuff, like the one episode about Africa I maybe was the most interesting to me because I knew a lot of the stuff that was about America. Yeah. So. See, that's what I found it interesting because I don't, I know, well, I know quite a bit because I've sort of looked into it and I've seen things that have been going on over there, but I don't live it. But I had no idea about Africa. And the... Uh, the villagers living out in the middle of nowhere that their only way of helping the village sort of run is to sell weed that they grow down to the other villages and the townships and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was maybe the most uh, interesting as far as things I didn't know about episode episodes. The last one was interesting too, the Amsterdam episode. I guess I knew part of that, but it really went into the details of uh, how messed up their system is there. Um, Yeah. How they're allowed to—they're allowed to—they're allowed dispensaries, they're allowed to sell it at a shop, but they're not actually allowed to grow it or provide it. I love so the the one guy. He says, uh, "It's like being able to sell cookies, but you can't bake them." Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You get arrested for baking them. It's just I—I find the fact that it's still criminalized in most places absolutely ridiculous because it can't be used for medicinal value it can't be sort of controlled and used and prescribed to the people that need it i i find it insane that because of what a lot of politicians have said and what a lot of people that have been trying to do the right thing with all their classifications and keeping it at the grade that it's at as a, a proper substance. Like, they class it the same as heroin mm. and things. How is that? 
How is that a thing? Heroin has never stopped the growth of cancerous tumours. Heroin's not um, stopped babies having seizures. Right, but their argument would be that there's no actual research for that. Uh, Well, no, there's no research because you're not allowed to research it. Right. Because they're (laughs) not allowed to do anything that proves that it's positive because it's classified as this drug. They're not allowed to prove that it's actually got beneficial qualities. There was the, um, I think it was like the chief, one of the head medical scientists for the UK, for the government, did loads and loads of tests. I think I was about maybe 19, early 20s when this happened. He um, got fired because he found that, you know, it needed to be, they were trying to get the classification amped up on it. And he found that it was less harmful than tobacco and um, alcohol. And because of those findings and because he wouldn't change his findings, he got sacked and they tried to silence him. And he, there was a lot of a lot of stuff on the news about him having to run away because he'd said all this stuff. I mean, there's been a lot of research here that's kind of been the same way when it happens. Uh, when when the test shows that it there's nothing wrong and it's or says that it's beneficial, then that test never gets reported. But the opposite does yeah. get reported. So it's strange like that. Um, there's obviously uh, groups that are going to be against it, lobbying against legalization, specifically the tobacco, big tobacco is going to be lobbying against it, uh, and then pharmaceutical companies. So that's where you get these ridiculous laws and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, uh, Which is crazy. Those people lobbying, yeah. It's entirely crazy. Again, it's the minority deciding for the majority and the majority are missing out and there are sick people out there that can't be treated with anything because they'd be breaking the law and especially like in this country because officially in this country there is no you know it shouldn't be on this island as far as the law's concerned but it is and the police unless somebody complains about it the police don't bother about it because they realize that it's not Unless you've got a warehouse full of, you know, 50 plants or something, nobody cares because everybody knows that it's not as damaging as it's made out to be. And it doesn't, it's the whole thing has always baffled me. And even like my mum, who's very anti, she never smokes, she doesn't drink. She might like at Christmas have a sherry or something. But on the whole, she is very anti-drugs. And for her 50th birthday, she asked for the whole family to quit smoking because that's the kind of person she is. But she, even she thinks that it shouldn't be illegal and that they should be able to test it and use it medicinally because it's been used for, well, I want to say millennia, but I don't know how many, how long we've been around as humans, but it's been around for pretty much as long as we have. And yeah, plenty and of animals all around the it. world too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and animals will use it. It's It grows. It's a seed that grows. It doesn't have to be manipulated. It's not, you know, crack or heroin I'll bring up a lot because the guy that lives above me is a user and I've had nightmares with him any time that he's on it. You know, it'd be a lot better if he was just a pothead. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that they don't mention is, I mean, hemp uh, is not necessarily the same as marijuana and it it doesn't have you know the THC content, and you can do so many so many things with that as well, which is also illegal under the same rules. 
And so, it gives off twice the amount of oxygen than a lot of other plants do. Hemp right. Does. You can make oil with it. You can make clothing with it. Uh, hemp seeds are like the highest concentration of protein in any plant uh, that you can find. It tastes so, as well. Right. And ber- like as far as birds love them. So there you yeah. go. Uh, and it's funny to think that, like like you said, uh, it, it's only been illegal for like 100 years, less than 100 years. Yeah. Well, did you know that um, back in the days when um, we had we were using big ships, they were our warships and, you know, you needed a lot of rope. You needed a lot of um, clothing for all of your naval soldiers that are on these warships. It was illegal in the UK to not grow a certain amount of hemp per acre of any other crops that you're growing. You had to grow hemp for the Navy. And then uh, all that, of a sudden, I remember that. Yeah, I've heard that somewhere. Uh, th- I mean, it wasn't illegal here, but if you go online and you look up uh, hemp for victory, yeah. it was a wartime uh, video from America that basically said grow hemp uh, for the Navy. Uh, we'll pay you. And it'll help us build ropes and things like that. Yeah. yeah. See, we had it. We, it was very strict over here with, in wartime because obviously uh, we were about knackered. <laughs> there was the whole dig for victory. Everybody was uh, growing their own food. You weren't allowed to grow um, cucumbers. That was banned because they weren't nutritionally good enough for the amount of space that you've used for right. it. I love that. That's one of my favourite. <laughs> Favorite many, war facts. How many states are uh, marijuana allowed now? Uh, well, I guess it depends on if you mean uh, for recreational purpose or uh, no, both. medicinal. Both. And federally, like nowhere is it? Yeah. Right, it's not federally. I mean, it's still like you said, it's still Schedule One drug, yeah. uh, which Bernie Sanders has talked a lot about taking it off of the Schedule One uh, and moving it down. Uh, to somewhere, you know, uh, regulatable uh, yeah. and researchable. Uh, let's see. Uh, I do not see an exact number here, but I know it's somewhere. They said it in the documentary when, or the TV show. Uh, it was something like 40 or something like that, uh, both uh, medical and uh, recreational. And... The only place we can get it in Europe uh, illegal, uh, legally is uh, the Netherlands, right? And I think, haven't Portugal? Portugal, yeah, Portugal have decriminalised everything. Okay. Like, they decriminalised everything. Yeah, everything okay. across the board. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Like heroin and everything. Yeah. Nothing, no drugs are illegal over there. And they've actually had really good success, as, as I'm to understand there, with... Uh, less heroin addicts because people are able to get um get clean needles less deaths for people uh mm. using dirty needles and things yeah. like that yeah more help for people at the needle exchange because you know you've got you'll have counselors and things there because they're not spending all their money on the police and their prisons that are having to house the people that are being arrested for being drug addicts right so you know you've got that little bit of extra you can kick into your health care <laughs> But uh, let us go into what I find most fascinating for uh, about marijuana is uh, how how it can be used for medicine. Uh, can you talk us a little through that, Tilly? Well, there's countless 
um, things online. You know, you can read all these different people's stories. There's loads of people's blogs and all the rest of it. And there's so many different TV shows that have gone and documented these people that, you know, they've it, normally the ones that get covered are the people with the young children. And these aren't potheads that are sitting around smoking anyway and things. And they just, oh, I'll just give it to my kid because they're sick. These are children that every other medicine, every other treatment, everything that they've tried hasn't worked. And somebody suggested, oh, have you tried cannabis oil? Mm. And instantly they're, oh, God, no, I could never give my child drugs. Like, are you crazy? But then if you actually think about it, when you're putting your child through chemo, and radiotherapy, like, would you normally radiate your child? Mm. No, it's it's a thing. But these people are finding it works. It can stop seizures. It can. Um, some people have said that they believe that it's helped them when they've had tumours and things that haven't been going away with radiation therapy and stuff. They've stopped their radiation therapy and chemo, turned to using cannabis oil, and it will. The tumours start shrinking, or they, you know, it stops growing at least. But we can't, we can't test it. We can't. There's no clinical studies of it, so we can't. It can't be proven. And uh, that is kind of what is the problem. But it, it's uh, it's not only used for cancer. It's also used for PSD, seizures. Yep, and anxiety, anxiety, stress, bipolar disease. Yep, and yep. irritable bowel syndrome, all of the right. things that I've got. Yeah. Um, pretty much the majority of things can be eased or helped with it. But there is the, at the minute especially, because it's not in this country, you know, you can only get it off a drug dealer. There's the sick people getting in danger and getting in trouble and things. Mm. And you can't get what you need. Like in America, at least with dispensaries and things like that, you can get hold of cannabis oil capsules and cannabis oil, which is the highly concentrated that, you know, if you've got something serious, serious going on and you need a high powered treatment, you wouldn't be able to get that much cannabis in your body without having it refined into oils. Mm. And that that's the way it works. Like, you know, you need to have vast, huge amounts of it, but here especially yeah. if you were to create the oil here that it marks it up to about the same category as making heroin because right, you're manufacturing yeah, yeah you're manufacturing a drug and it becomes you know for um selling and stuff but uh, it's also uh, kind of uh, a profit to have a war on weed can you talk a little about that look uh, yeah, I mean it's it's talked a lot about in one one episode uh, of the sh- of the show where they basically are saying they're they're interconnecting the fact that um, small level marijuana arrests leading lead to certain people, uh, specifically minorities, going to jail for much longer than other people, um, and that this. This kind of uh, weed uh, prison pipeline that they've created, kind of uh, in a way, it, it makes the prison uh, like a prison per, for profit because 
the police are there busting these people for, say, two joints or something like that, and they'll spend years and years in jail, and uh, the prisons have a continuous flow of prisoners coming in because of these very small, nonviolent crimes. Uh, so the this is just another lobby that has kind of an in reason to not allow legalization of marijuana is the prison lobbies. So, because they make tons of money off of this. Not. Whereas they could, this is one of the other things that I always do when I have this debate, because it gets debated a lot about like, in pubs and things over here. And the other thing that the governments don't seem to realise is how much tax are they missing out on if this is potentially the cure or another treatment for cancer how much tax are they missing out by keeping it underground i mean yeah it's going to move the money's going to move to out of the prison systems but the amount of corruption if we could etch a sketch all of the corruption out of the whole world <laughs> i think we'd be fine mm. uh, i'm yeah. reading an article right now after you said that i just looked it up oregon collected 3.48 million in revenue from taxes in the first month that it taxed recreational marijuana sales. There you go. Jeez. In the first month. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 <laughs> some money. Do you, do you see what I mean? I mean, if you think about it, if tobacco can be legal and is yeah. available, yeah, now here they're putting it out of sight, so you can't see it when you stood at the counter, but you ask for it and it's there. There's mm. a board with, you know, a list of everything they've got on it. If that can be legal, if alcohol can be legal, when it's so easy to drink a bottle of vodka and get into your car, which is a killing machine, essentially, you know, it's over a ton of metal that you're in control of. If this can happen and you can legally go and buy this these things why not the stuff that's going to make people sit on their asses and eat chips and drink <laughs> pop like that's not i've never heard of anybody killing anybody stoned driving it's something an old comedian said like i've never i've seen somebody driving stoned before and they go a little bit below the speed limit and they always make sure you know they never ever go above the speed limit and they're very careful they're very watching everything that's going on well, drunk I think drivers, that, not so much. <laughs> I've heard a joke. Uh, drunk drivers will drive through a red light and stone drivers will stop at a green light. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking it up right now. It says 24 states and the District of Columbia have current laws legalizing marijuana in some form. Okay. Uh, and, of course, District of Columbia is Washington, D.C. So. Cool. Which they did kind of a whole episode about that as well. So. Yeah, and how the it's all very weird in Washington, isn't it? Because there's certain amount like you can't sell it or buy it; you have to give it away. Was that in Washington? Uh, yeah, that was yeah, correct. Yeah. That was the one where the the guy was like, "I can only give you an ounce, uh, but I can give your cameraman an ounce, and then he can give you an ounce." And that works. Yeah. And then you could have two ounces. Yeah. And then you can walk around in front of a cop car with two ounces. But if he was to even give him like one cent for that weed, specifically for that weed, that's it. You you break the law. Right. But there was the guy who was saying he um he would charge people for his time. Yeah. Meaning how far he had to walk and things like that, and use that as a way. I mean, this was an old. This was a Drew Carey episode. There was a Drew Carey show episode where he. 
he has the buzz beer thing in his garage and they 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 lose their liquor license so they sell maps to their house for like 40 bucks and it's all you can drink beer yeah so yeah they a nightclub in my hometown that i grew up going to had that same kind of thing where you'd pay they lost their license for alcohol um and instead of closing the whole place down they just started charging 10 pounds on the door all your drinks were free so it became the most full club you've ever seen and they managed to keep it afloat because obviously the drinks were really watered down and cheap (laughs) oh yeah that's kind of how it works in washington dc is that that's how they get around uh selling it they just sell something else and then weed is the weed comes with whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And there, there, there's uh, like I, I, I feel I have nothing uh, to to say because we, well, I, I'm talking with two people that are really pro this, and I, I feel like I'm a little in the middle. I, I, I feel like I, I see the benefits. I also see the problems with with everything. I see. I don't necessarily think that it should be easily freely able to get hold of but i think they should at least be able to do the research to prove that it's medicinally valuable and then that should be able to be used i have it's obviously no problem works, with that no problem know. with that at all but i think if you've got this being illegal i think that cigarettes and alcohol should be illegal as well uh and i i i, I buy that as an argument i'm i'm not like i i'm I'm. I don't have anything strong to say against this. Like I, I, I feel like uh, uh, my uh, personal feelings are clouded of my personal uh, experience with the drug. Yeah. And that's why I'm against it because I, I used it in the wrong way. Yeah. Right, that and that, I mean, that, that's, that can't be true about anything, though. You know, like, oh, yeah. that's true oh, yeah, about yeah. Che- cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. Eat yeah. too many cheeseburgers, that, you know, uh, it's the same with any kind of thing. I mean, alcohol, and alcohol's legal, you know, and like you said, that's, I would say, much more dangerous than marijuana. Oh, yeah, so, I, I, uh, I, I don't disagree with that, and I buy yeah. it. I, I, yeah, I, there's even... no recorded deaths of anybody dying from marijuana no. overdose. Right. <laughs> you can't. It, it'd be so hard to do. But for me, ever managed it. For, for me, my like my I think my only argument comes down to if we allow this, what is the next we have to allow? Yeah, that is my only argument, and that's a stupid argument because it's well, I, yeah, I, I would say, and this is just me, legalize everything that's are just a plant that grows out of the ground. Yeah. So you and, don't have to make. Yeah. So heroin illegal, uh, opium legal. You know what I mean? Cocaine illegal, cocoa leaves legal. Yeah. Uh, I guess ma- magic mushrooms legal. Uh, meth, oh, and they've found meth illegal. See, I don't, I, I don't see making Earth illegal, making something that grows out of the Earth illegal. I don't see any benefit of that. So that is crazy. That's my own personal opinion. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, I'm not going to argue against it because my arguments com- comes down to personal uh, opinion, and it's my personal opinion because I have experienced things in my personal life that makes me against it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I've seen I've seen people use it, um, you know, whether they've had what seemed like depression or whatever or issues and they've used it and they've abused it and they've made themselves a hell of a lot worse. Right. I've seen a lot of people, especially I see a lot of guys more than girls, but I'm sure there's girls out there, but I probably just don't see them, um, you know, that have gone reclusive and right. things and, you know, don't don't do anything. They don't. They don't trust anybody. They don't have any social life, and they just sit around smoking weed all day, and it's done something to their brains. Mm. But they could just as easily have turned themselves that way by sitting around drinking alcohol. Right. I think they could use any of it as as a way of I don't know fortifying the psychosis a bit, if right. that makes sense. Right. Right. I totally agree. Um. But uh, you talked a little about how big business marijuana is. Like, even, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Willie Nelson has his own marijuana brand. He does. He's got his own, <laughs> and, and his Snoop, own grow. Snoop Dogg has his and own. And Snoop Dogg, uh, yeah. And actually, just last night, funnily, funnily enough, I saw somebody liked a Joe Rogan thing on Facebook. I'm not a friend of Joe Rogan on there, but... Somebody liked it, and apparently there's a Joe Rogan marijuana out there now. So Okay. <laughs> so why is this such a big business look? I guess what we're talking about is uh, once we get legalized marijuana, say, across the whole country, because it pretty much looks like that's where we're headed. Oh, yeah. State by state, slowly but surely, these states are realizing, like Tilly said, there's just too much tax money not to get in on it. There's just too much money to be made that the politicians aren't going to turn their back on it. Maybe some of the southern states won't get it for longer, but I would say eventually federally it's going to be legalized. So you're going to see big, giant corporations like, say, the cigarette companies. As soon as you see Marlboro marijuana cigarettes, that's when you know big big business has taken over marijuana is what yep. I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. I can just imagine the pre-rolls now. <laughs> But things like, you know, the lollipops and stuff, the medicinal lollipops that right. are referenced to in pretty much any stoner movie oh, yeah. I've ever seen. Like something like that over here, even if, you know, you couldn't you couldn't buy it as you can on the street sort of thing. Even if they decriminalise it to the point where you could just get edibles so that they weren't endorsing smoking. Yeah. You know. Amazing! That'd be great if some little old granny can sit and have a marijuana lollipop and it eases her arthritis. Let her have it. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it'd be good for our uh, governments and our local councils and things to have a bit of extra tax to use on things that we need it for. If we can get out of the EU and legalise this, then, you know, we might be all right. <laughs> you'd, yeah, you'd have plenty of money to throw around, that's for sure. Yeah, stop with the war. Because you can, you can grow it really well in this country anyway. So, you know, maybe we could be the world's first big weed exporter, turn Scotland into a grow. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was one thing that really forced Oregon to do it. Um, there was a big thing from people in Oregon who were medical growers at the time, before yeah. it was legalized recreationally. And tons and tons of uh, marijuana was going to Colorado for them to sell in their dispensaries to you because know, they can – get a better price there the growers could yeah and so they came to the government's government and said hey they're making all the tax money off of the marijuana that we're growing in this state 
they're making the tax money off of it because we can't. And that's what made the lawmakers go, oh, okay. They're getting our money? Yeah, all right, we'll do it. Uh, so you have to do it like with children. Look, Billy put all of his toys away and now he gets a cupcake. What are you going to do? Right, yeah. <laughs> I get politics now. Right, treat them all as children. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. That's okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, is it something you want to say, Luke, before we end this? No, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah, till I? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, watch the documentary with Etiquette. I, I found it really fascinating because I had no clue. For, for, like, I think I, I've been in the darkness uh, for this because I've been so against it. So I almost, like, for me, watching We Dead the Cat was really enlightening. Uh, enlightening! Hooray! So, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that the very first place they go is Portland, Oregon. So yeah. that was fun yeah. for me to see. Yeah. I loved his phone call with his mum. Like, Mom, I'm doing yeah. a documentary on uh, yeah. Oh, right. in on the first, yeah. yeah, in the first, yeah. It's really funny. Uh, Luke, have you seen a movie this week? Uh, yeah, I saw uh, Special Correspondence on Netflix uh, yeah. with Ricky Gervais in it. Uh, it was all right. I don't know. I wouldn't call it great, but uh, Ricky Gervais is funny in it, and uh, it's it's an interesting concept for a film. It's about a reporter has to he loses his plane tickets to where this country he's supposed to go in south america and he has to pretend to be reporting from there so he doesn't get fired uh so it's kind of interesting yeah uh Tille, i know i'm asking a lot but have you seen a movie this week i've not seen a movie but i've watched a movie length documentary okay um it's called black power america's armed resistance um, it's on the BBC. It was a follow-up to the um, KKK documentary that was on a while ago, okay. where a guy went to go and interview like the, the members of the KKK and new prospective ones. But this was about the um, black rights movement group that have um, sort of come up in defence of well, themselves against the KKK. And I found that was it was really interesting. Okay. And wandering around with semi-automatic machine guns and things fighting for that's it, Black Lives Matter which I agree with but all lives matter nobody should be uber pro anybody and anti anybody else yeah <laughs> but uh, the thing about Black Lives Matter movement is uh, when you say all lives matter that's true but in America at least the black lives are proportionately matter less in, in yeah. America so That's why they would would take offense to you saying that, but yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't mean it offensively at all. No, obviously not. I mean it with all love in my heart, and I do find the the abhorrent racism over there, especially, you know, in the police and high-up places. I mean, we have it here. We've got, you know, some of the police over here are nationalist dickheads, for want of any better word. But yeah, I just I found it interesting. I liked that there's there was the other side to it rather than them right. just being oh we're coming over to see the KKK. But well, you know, <laughs> we're not actually that interested in them. More interested in the people that are against them. Yes, I I agree with that. 
I'm not interested in the KKK. Whatever. Uh, I watched Gods of Egypt this uh, week. <laughs> How is that? Ask me why. why? Yeah, I was gonna say why. <laughs> I'm not sure. It was really, it was really beautiful to watch. It's a beautiful movie. It's really nice to look at. The special effects are really good. I remember us covering it and uh, people saying that the special effects were good, but the story and the acting were horrible. Yeah, it's a really beautiful movie. They want it to has, watch on mute. And it has really good special effects look. Uh, and I think maybe it was a really beautiful uh, movie to watch. And it had really good special effects. I don't know if I mentioned that it's really beautiful and has really good special effects in it. but I remember I, getting really low rating uh Low ratings online. I don't know if that's still the case, but um, yeah, I have. Uh, I what I do have to mention is that it's really beautiful, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but how are the special effects? Do you know what? It's really good special effects. No. Really? What the shit? The shit? The shit? The shit <laughs> Speaking the shit, of special effects, shit the movie. Oh, what did, the shit have you guys movie. seen this online video of um, the Mike Tyson time traveler yes. guy? No. What? Oh. oh, go on, go online and look up Mike Tyson time traveler after we get done with this. And there's like a video from, I think it was 1995. Yeah, 95. Yeah. And uh, it's a Mike Tyson fight, and in the crowd behind him, you could see this guy, and it looks like he's holding uh, what looks like a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody go look that up. It's interesting if you haven't seen it. What did you think of it, bro? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was really hilarious. It's it's really done well. I, I think someone has liked. Yeah, I don't know if somebody altered it or not, but somebody yeah. out there I saw a uh, kind of a debunking uh, of it, and somebody out there found like a, a camcorder kind of phone thing that would have been around then that kind of looked like that. So. Right. Right. Uh, speaking about time traveling uh, and things like that, did you see Raw this week? Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with time traveling, but... Because uh, the the, um, New Day... uh... Oh, right, the New Day segment. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. I guess I should have put those two together. (laughs) New Day uh, had a time traveling machine in the middle of the ring. Really? Well, it was a refrigerator box with tubes coming out of it and like like a... old like acer keyboard on the front of it like glued on yeah it's funny and 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 it was a really funny segment because uh first um oh what is this name biggie no woods kingston yeah coffee kingston came out first and he's like 2004 that was my best year and he started uh, speaking jamaican (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, and it's Jamaican accent, obviously, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it was funny. It was uh, so such a it, funny segment. Yeah, and it goes all black and white and everything. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so talking about yeah, we're going to, to talk wrestling because there's uh, a little pay per view coming on. But before we do that, let's hear the trailer for the darkness. Company this future. What does that mean? 
It's just a stupid green thing. Yeah, it's telling you to have your parent with you. So it makes. Oh, I don't have my parent with me, so. Maybe we shouldn't watch this. Everybody call your dad. Oh no, scary images. Scary stones. This holes meets Goonies meets Alien vs. Predator? But it is with my favorite actor of all time, Kevin Bacon. And I Anybody love Kevin Bacon because his name is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Kevin Bacon that everybody is linked to somehow? Yeah. Who's used as that? Yeah. Yeah, so everybody put this in your memory bank the darkness of Kevin Bacon. Can you tell Michael this to the makers of The Visit and The Purge? And... Kevin Bacon is known for some bad horror movies in the past. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's from the director of Wolf Creek. That was really good. Yeah, Wolf Creek was really good. Yeah. Scared me that bit. Wolf Creek, I really liked. Oh my god. Four. But, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say this before we read what it's all about, but this looks fucking strange. It does, it looks like a big pile of Why was there a wolf right there? What happened? I don't happened? know. Because it has so something to do with Native Americans. Oh, right, wolf spirit. I see you. But surely you'd want a, a black dog or a black wolf, not a white one. Oh, of course it was premiered just Friday. Maybe this was it. It's just, oh, we need to make a horror film quick. It's coming up to a Friday the 13th. We haven't got anything. <laughs> uh, oh, there's dirty handprints on my thing. Right, okay, that's, that's what it's going to be about. Oh, this looks so bad. Finger painting, <laughs> a horror movie. There's a Rorschach test all over oh the place. Oh my god. Yeah, that looks rubbish. God can't <laughs> help you. No, he can't. But that's from this because movie. it doesn't exist! Hey! Oh, bro. Always those atheist jokes. <laughs> uh, where have you found your review, Tilly? Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Um, there's... This one's quite long. Okay. But I might just read just the first bit because you'll, you'll get his gist. If darkness falls and everybody already saw it, does it ever really matter? In the case of producer Jason Bloom's latest, which recycles themes and situations called from his past successes, the answer is a resounding no. As insidious and sinister as the other horror flicks on Bloom's CV, this purge of a, of a back catalogue filled with paranormal activity ends up a case of deja vu all over again. <laughs> Deja vu is a hor that's horrible. <laughs> See why I chose it. <laughs> and there was another one by Kendall K that said, So stupid, OMG. That was like watching a boring soap opera where the camera pans over to a black hole on the wall here and there. How did Kevin Bacon end up end up in something like this? Aww. My review comes from Salt Lake City Weekly, because they have that in Salt Lake. Uh, I'm sure people in Utah love this film, so... Huh? I'm sure people in Utah loved this oh, film. Yeah. So. It must be 30 years now since those aliens diverted the, the PG-13 horror movie template to Hollywood Studios. And here they are, still getting regular use out of it. 
<laughs> the latest product uh, even uh, used the do-it-yourself generic title generator. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's Eric D. Schneider. And uh, he ends it with saying, the only way it works is if you've never seen a template movie before. But that's not <laughs> likely. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess I'll do the description real quick since we forgot oh, to yeah. do that. Uh, yeah. Peter Taylor, played by Kevin Bacon. His wife, Brony. <laughs> His wife's name is Brony. All right. What? <sighs> yeah. And their two children return to Los Angeles after a fun-filled vacation to the Grand Canyon. Strange events soon start to plague the family, including young son Michael's, uh, including young son Michael's increasingly erratic behavior. It's got a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, <laughs> and it got a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good score. Yep. <sighs> it looks. Horrific. So my, uh, I went to the Facebook page again because I'm realizing this is the best place in the world to get reviews from not actual reviewers but just people who went and saw the movie right uh so this is from somebody named maria mendoza uh <laughs> mendoza <laughs> she says honestly the worst movie i've seen it literally just went straight to the point this movie was all over the place like what was even the point of having an anorexic daughter in it it went nowhere this movie was just bad excellent <laughs> Uh, I guess you're still going to see it. Me. <laughs> crazy. Crazy person. Yep. Surely there's better horrors that you could be watching. But I watch everything. Uh, I suppose. Well, you can tell if it's if, uh, us if it's as bad as uh, we think it will be. Well, I don't know if you heard about a little movie called... Uh, it was really, really... Uh, the Gods of Egypt. <laughs> I, do, I remember the reviews, yeah. Yeah, it was really beautiful to watch. And and the funny thing was that it had really good special effects. Yeah, I heard that somewhere. I yeah, heard. I've, I've heard that. So, so I can't remember where. Um, <laughs> let's do Extreme Rules Predictions. Yay! 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 I've already done my little chart. And the winner gets to pick a topic. We're yeah, we're kind of behind, but it'll be fine. We'll make a we'll make up ground somehow. Um, we're behind what? Well, I haven't done mine from the last pay per view even yet, but yeah, we'll we'll work it in somehow. Yes. Uh, do this real quick. Uh, start with the pre-show match. I guess it is Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corman. Uh, this is a no DQ match. Baron Corbin has to win now. I said Baron Corbin as well. Uh, I'll go Ziggler. Why? Because I want to be different than you guys, because we always go okay. the same. <laughs> right, but he... Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he won the last one, so I guess we'll see what happens. They could go for two out of three, but... Yeah. Uh, then Corbin has to win. Yeah. If, oh, all right. Never mind. Uh... Let's go next to Usos versus the club, uh, Texas Tornado match. I didn't know this was a Texas Tornado match. Maybe I missed that. Oh, what's the Texas Tornado match? It means they don't have to tag in, so it's basically a two-on-two oh. match. Oh, okay. 
Tilia, you go first. <laughs> the, are they just the club now? They're in WWE. They got rid of the bullet. Yep. Yep. Okay. Them. I think the club is kind of almost uh, TNA. TNA in it up there a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah. I went with uh, yeah. I went with uh, the club also, I guess. I didn't have that one down actually. Now that I look at my sheet, so okay. Yeah, I've just they must have added the that. They must have added that uh, from SmackDown. So okay, let's go for the Usos for Frodon. Just to be different. I love it. We're all sort of sacrificing one win point. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn next, Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I was just looking at. Uh, it's going to come up eventually. Well, at least there's uh, a couple that we differ on now. You know, oh, yeah. there's, there's two, so. I guess next let's do Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho. This is in cage match. That looks like TNA. This is another TNA thing. What's going yeah, on with this? <laughs> and this looks so fucking stupid on, on, on Raw. Uh, I'm going with Dean Ambrose. Uh, what did I put? Uh, yeah, I put Ambrose as well. Yep. Yeah, I'll go with Ambrose. <laughs> that means that you have to change your mind. <laughs> Look. All right, yeah, I'll change my mind here. Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Let me write it down. Yep. Yeah. I mean... When I think about it, it's possible for Jericho to win this, so we'll see what happens. But uh, if everything holds true as far as Jericho's feuds lately, <laughs> Late? he seems to win yeah. occasionally against the guy first before they win. So yeah. Okay, next match. <laughs> oh right, sorry, I was writing down uh, Jericho. Um, let's go to the Miz versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Ooh. I went with the Miz. Oh, uh, okay, yep. I definitely don't think it's. Uh, I am stuck between two. Yeah, me too. Are you stuck between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Yes. Me too. I will pick Sami Zayn if you want to pick. See, I was thinking more Sami Zayn. Okay. But only by like okay. Okay. a millimeter. Okay. okay, then I go Kevin Owens. Okay. I don't really care, so. Poor Cesaro, but alright. Um. <laughs> Nobody, just just to uh, say that, nobody thinks it's going to be Cesaro. I do love Cesaro, I yeah, just don't yeah. think it's, he's getting I, that just right This now. is what I think. I think the strange thing is I think Miz is going to win because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn already have a feud. And then you can have a Cesaro versus Miz feud. But I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. But I, I'm glad that we picked three different ones. Yep. Yeah. Next, uh, let's go to uh, Tag Team Championships. New Day versus the Villains. This is a hard one, actually. Yeah, this is actually really hard. I'll go first, uh, then. Okay. okay. Yeah. New Day. I, I also put New Day, fire. but I, I only put them because I think they need a face to win. Bro? Okay. What villains? I'm going... I'm sacrificing myself. All right. Uh, Next, let's do Charlotte versus Natalia. Oh, I want to go first. I want to go first. I want to All go right. first. I want to go first. I want to go first. 
can I go first? Sure. Um, I really don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Natalia. <laughs> Natalia. Okay, I went with Charlotte, so we already got a different one there. That's good. And I'm saying Natty. Yay! Get that belt on her. Yes! I totally agree. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, let's do... We kind of. How about Kalisto versus Rusev uh, United States Championship? You mean this match I've seen 6,000 times before? That's Kalisto's M.O. He has matches with the same guy like 20 times till you get why, released. Why is this a match for the 700th time? Because they're bringing Lana back and they want to put Lana in the pay-per-view. Because <sighs> it's Rusev with Lana. Yeah, and she's reverted to her original state. So Yeah, she's all of a sudden just I think I, straight back to where she was. Have, have I only picked heel this pay-per-view so far? Corbin. Uh, no, you picked New Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Natalia's not. Yeah, oh. Natalia's face. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> I think we need a, a face win here, so... Alright, and I'm going to go with Rusev. Oh. Yep. See, I can see Lana getting herself involved. Yeah. And them losing because of her. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same. So. Or or him winning, but it not being allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So Kalisto would retain, but Rusev yeah. would maybe win. Yeah. Mm, okay. I don't know what to write that down as. Uh, it's Kalisto still. Okay. If he keeps the championship. Okay. Calls. Put Lana screws up for Rusev. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not a stipulation. We're we're not, we're not fighting around stipulations. Oh no. It's just if I don't write it down, <laughs> I'll forget what I thought. There are. Yeah, I mean, the one thing Kalisto has for him is they want the uh, WWE will want to stick with that uh, Hispanic demographic, yeah. which they don't have uh, a lot of other big oh, characters to- to- for that. So. Talking about weird uh, things on Raw, uh, when you said the Hispanic, uh, the what brothers was The that? Shining Stars, I think Shining they're called. Shining Stars? What the fuck was this? Uh, I- I honestly think this is a big uh, commercial for Puerto Rico because if you know any politics about Puerto Rico right now, they're basically in massively in debt. And anybody who owns any bonds or any kind of uh, anything in Puerto Rico, as far as uh, banking is concerned, they're about to go under. And if so, let's say Vince McMahon has a bunch of bonds that he owns in Puerto Rico, uh, he would want them to get their economy back to like going. Uh, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but uh, it could. It looks, could well be. But it was a really weird thing, because I'm not sure if they're face or heel. They looked heel, Yeah, because they they're going heel. against the little guys and beating them up, so yeah. I don't get it, it. Yeah, And it didn't work. It didn't work at all. No, we know we know who these guys are. We've seen them a hundred times. Yeah. Like, new on the show. No, they're not new. They're the same two guys. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them a thousand times. Yeah. Sorry. So, our last match uh, after that sidetrack. Uh, yep. 
Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles for the World Heavyweight Championship Extreme Rules match. Oh, I hope Roman Reigns turns heel. I just hope Roman Reigns turns heel. I've said it a thousand times. I'm still hoping him turning heel. Oh my gosh, I hope Roman Reigns turns heel. I'm not sure if I said Roman. I hope that Roman Reigns turns heel. Yeah, but is he gonna win? <laughs> or is he not? Or is he not? Uh, I I I. Really don't know. Okay, I went with uh, Reigns, and I, I don't. I think somebody's going to turn heel, but I think it's two people, and I think it's going to be the Usos that turn heel. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I like. I yeah, like. It, it works, and you can keep Roman. Yeah. I like. Good one. Do what I... do you think, Fro? No, you go first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I'll go with AJ. Ooh. Who do I want to follow? Okay, logic, Fro. Uh... <laughs> logic. Don't think with your heart. I want AJ to win, so uh, I'm going with Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> the inevitable WWE disappointment factor. Yeah. Uh, the, the sad thing is that 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 uh, Luke made too much sense in turning. Right, but I made so much sense that WWE would never do it because it makes way too much sense. So, can I, can I pick both? <laughs> no, I don't think you can do that. It will be fun. I think it'll be a good match. It'll be fun to see oh, yeah. Roman get beaten up by weapons for oh, yeah. however long, like twenty yeah. minutes. So that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, I'm picking. I'm picking. I'm picking Reigns because stay. Yep. Waiting for for. Uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Do, do you think Seth Rollins would return on this pay-per-view look? Could that be a thing? It's possible. I mean, we have a lot of returns coming up. So I, one return we have in two weeks is John Cena, which I am not looking Cena's forward to. <laughs> like, John Cena's where do you put him again. at this point? You can't put him in the main event scene nope. because that would ruin everything that's happening there. And you can't just put him back in the U.S. title scene because nope. we already did that. So where does he go? Uh, uh, what about the U.S. title? <laughs> yeah, that's what I just said. We've already done that, so I don't know. Yeah, Fair but but it can be swapped in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure uh, the uh, crowd will react better to Cena than the Miz. Well, I guess we will see. If you want to join us, you can do that. We have always fun on Skype. See how much fun we have on Skype. Yeah, it's always fun. We always have the group of people that show up pretty much every time. And, you know, it's like, whatever, five or six people, sometimes less, sometimes more. Yep. And um, it depends, uh, it's if, fun. Uh, and we don't really pay a lot of attention to the pay-per-view sometimes. <laughs> but it's fun to talk and uh, give our opinions on things. And uh, sometimes we get really into a match and we... The whole call stops, and that's when you yeah. know uh, the match is really good. So I <laughs> pay-per-view. Last pay-per-view was that. 
I, I really hope Extreme Rules. It looks like it's going to be a, a good pay per view on the paper, actually. I'm I'm pretty stoked for uh, Extreme Rules. Right, they've had a bunch of good matches lately uh, yeah. with a lot of new matchups. Oh, yeah. So they're doing that's what we're going to get out of this. So. Yeah. I like what they're doing. So. Let's hope they keep it up. Yep. Let's hope that. Uh, so, um, The Path, Episode 8, Luke. Right, so I took notes on this. I'm going to cover it this week. Um, Tilly, if you want to help me out uh, wherever you can, and Fro, let us know when you um, stopped watching. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, i got a frog in my throat. So, we open, um, we had the previously on, obviously, then we did the opening bit. And um, we open with Cal in his house, and the dead body is still on his floor, and he's still drinking in the fetal position. Uh, and there's still blood all over the place. He hasn't really uh, cleaned up anything, it looks like. He's just been sitting there. I, I think he's not... cleaned himself. It looks like he's had a oh, shower. Oh, well, right, because we saw him have a shower last episode. Yeah, so so I, guess he, I guess my point is, after he took the shower, he never got back into the blood because he's still clean and everything. So, um. Uh, and then do a cl- close-up of the clock to give you a time of when this is. It says 2 a.m., uh, just to give you a time idea of how long he's been uh, sitting there. Because when they, when he killed him, it was daytime, if you remember that. Yeah. So he's been sitting in the same spot for hours and hours and hours. Uh, so he leaves. Uh, he kind of gets a look on his face. He leaves, goes to g- get a car uh, from where they have all the Toyota Priuses. Uh, and he gets caught by the security guard, which we, we've seen before. Uh, but he kind of laughs it off, you know, because he's Cal. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, I just couldn't sleep, you know, going out for a drive. <laughs> See ya. Right. Yeah, he looked all anxious and stuff, and the security guard is basically the worst security guard ever. Yeah. Um, so he backs up the car to his house, and he pulls the body out, and he tries to get it in this car, and the trunk is not quite big enough, and he's like slamming the trunk lid. Uh, or a hatchback, I guess, on the body. And I'm like, okay, Toyota Prius cannot like this. Because, first of all, they're being used by a cult. Second of all, it's basically saying, look how crappy and small the trunk is. You can't even fit a get dead guy in it. <laughs> I bruised my dead guy trying to get him in the trunk. Because that's really important when you're dead. <laughs> well, it's a bit harsh, you know. If you've already stabbed the guy in the throat, you don't need to <laughs> chomp him up with a car boot door. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Cal drives out of the compound. There's still media and police all over the place, and he's driving out of the compound with a dead body in the back of the car. There's police, like, lights going off, and there's media all over the place. So, he's kind of driving a little slow because there's cops and everything, and Mary's dad kind of jumps out of nowhere from behind yeah. this police van and like uh cal stops and the guy asked what he's what cal's gonna pay for his daughter yeah yeah how much my weird. daughter how much you gonna pay me for her? right which we know before he had sold his daughter in a prostitution or whatever yeah but he's been hanging out outside of this place for like ever for like since at least since mary came out in the last episode and yeah. he's just been hanging out waiting for Cal, I guess? That's Or for guys. Mary to come out, or... I suppose he's yeah. just waiting for as long as he can. 
I don't know how lucrative this could be, so I think this guy should find another way to get some money. But um, <laughs> well, he's obviously not the uh, brightest of sparks. Yeah, I guess so. It's not that genius. The what he was doing to his daughter. <laughs> right, and we don't get anything more from this, so hopefully we get a little more in the next episode. But um, to well, Cal says oh. that it's the next time I see you, I'll finish the job. Oh right. Uh, so maybe. So, which yeah. So I was thinking we'd get more of it in this episode, but. Yeah, Cal tells him that, and then we cut to the woods um, with Cal and the dead body, obviously. And he's dragging the, uh, Silas's dead body through the woods. Did you know what was going to happen right here? Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking to myself, "Oh, isn't it good that I have had a, a, a grave tree digged?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was wondering Eddie, if it Eddie was the had same dug one. A hole earlier for yeah. his 7R training or whatever. So this yeah. is yeah, we assume this is the same hole because uh well, uh, we'll get get into it in a second. So, next uh after he gets the body kind of up onto the top of the hill and we see the hole uh cuz it was not obviously easy for one man to drag this dead body up up a hill. Um we get this weird dream sequence which they did not it was not one of those, you know, you go into it and you think it could be real and then they flash out and it turns out to be a dream. You knew this was a dream from moment one, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. It was like one of those dreams where you know instantly that this is a dream and you've just got to kind of roll with it when yeah. you're in it. it right. And, and, and in storyline as well. Like, yeah, they weren't trying to trick you in this, um, which that's kind of I liked it because that's pretty cliche to do. Uh, they didn't do it that way. So, but yeah, uh, this dream we have Sarah. So we obviously know this is Sarah's dream, and she's walking down a road, and Hawk is walking towards her. Uh, this is going to be confusing to say because it's really weird. <laughs> um, and Hawk's got headphones on, and a giant truck is like coming up behind him. So obviously he can't hear this truck. So Sarah runs to like get Hawk out of the way. And as she's running towards Hawk, he turns into Sarah's daughter, right? Yeah. His name I couldn't figure out when she shouted it. (laughs) Yeah, we've never really gotten it too clearly what this daughter's name is. I mean, we've never pointed it out in the show because she's not really a huge character. Uh, But I think she may become more important in the story in the next couple episodes, it seems like. Not sure. Uh, If this is foreshadowing anything in this dream. So Hawk turns into the daughter... The truck is still coming at the daughter now. So uh, Sarah dives to get the daughter out of the way of the truck. And it basically goes right through them like a ghost truck, like uh, the train in uh, Ghostbusters, basically. Uh, And then she looks down at her daughter and her daughter has turned into an Incan Medusa creature with red glowing eyes. Yeah. Naked blue and gold lady boobs was what i wrote down (laughs) with kind of like yeah i would guess they would be like peru uh kind of uh peruvian makeup uh designs all over and yeah snakes for hair right so uh sarah wakes up uh from her dream uh next we have cal and eddie and they're getting off of a bus uh so we assume this is the beginning of their walk uh, or the walk, and I uh, I wrote down is this the path? Oh, I think it is. is. This what the path like the title is referencing is this walk that they're yep. taking? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. I think it totally is. From what they I mean, say. it's obviously a double meaning uh, as far as uh, oh, yeah. that. Was, but so yeah, they're in front of an army base. Uh, they, that's where the bus stops, and uh, Cal is talking about how this is where Steve was a soldier, and I guess he just uh, what they said was he was doing top secret psychological warfare on soldiers. Experts on soldiers and Vietnam vets. Which I don't know what top secret psychological warfare is. <laughs> I think he means tests, like yeah, yeah. or something yeah. of that nature. But warfare that shouldn't that was a bad line. But I, I, I it also worked because it shows that this non it's nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, He's but been told it, and it's part of the what they believed was going on and why he walked off. Exactly. So I guess Steve left this. Uh, just walked off of this military base after he realized that what he was doing was bad. Uh, so I guess he was a scientist at some point, this Steve character. Yeah, high um, up in the military. Right. That's what we find out here. And there are some MPs or military police out front, and they kind of are like, why are these two dudes staring at an army base? And why uh, are they getting things out of their bag? Because oh, they right. were just the stood straight outside with big bags of stuff, and they're like reaching into their bag in front of all these soldiers, like just rocked in up front at of an, an army, army base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, so the... not, not at all dodgy guys. <laughs> so the MP walks up to him and checks inside their bags, and inside of Hawk's bag is just a big bag of rocks, and they basically say that they're for um, placing along their walk. When we they leave them, certain points, yeah. We leave them at every stop, lightening our physical substance, is what <laughs> Hawk starts what Hawk trying is. to say. Yeah. It's got, the bag's got the Myra symbol on it as well. A bag of clean, shiny stones. But big right, they've got their own plastic bag bags. Of, yeah, yeah, they've, they've yeah. done it. They've branded everything. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so we go back to the woods with Cal and Silas, the dead body, at this point. And Silas is now in the the grave Eddie dug and it's daytime. So it's been hours and hours and hours. Um, and And we know he's exhausted. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of wallowing around in the mud on his knees, hands and knees and everything. Like he's covered in dirt at this point from dragging this guy, uh, through the woods. And this is the point where you definitely know this was Eddie's hole because he picks up, um, the shovel out of the leaves uh, and it's covered in leaves. Yeah. And we that last time we saw this, Eddie threw that shovel down on the ground. So we know that this hasn't been touched since. Uh, and and this is the last scene from Cease. Oh, okay. So you didn't get super far. I think we're like 10 or 15 minutes in, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Cal sees a white owl yeah. in yeah. the woods. And I guess this is kind of symbolic of Silas because he had the birds... Uh, and I laughed a little because there's a white owl in Gods of Egypt. <laughs> uh, okay. that, that was a really pretty film, by the way. Oh. <laughs> How okay. were the special effects? Uh, the special effects were really good, actually. Uh, oh, thanks. Oh, yeah, I, I totally thought you were going to make a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> oh, no. Cal's a wizard. We didn't know. Uh, <laughs> this pit made me chuckle a bit, just that the, the snowy owl turns up and just stares at him. And he just bursts into tears and starts crying at an owl in the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does break but, down because he kind yeah. of reminds him that Silas uh, 
I guess maybe, I mean, you think about it, Silas has birds back there that don't have anybody for them to take care of uh, him, uh, them at this point. So, I don't know, but yeah, he breaks down crying. What are you trying to say? What? I didn't understand what you said. Uh, that the bird kind of represents Silas, and that's why he's crying, because ah. at this point it's kind of hit him that he killed this guy. Right, yeah. okay. And, and it the, does really stare at him. Like, if there was the spirit of somebody there, it yeah, would tell him. Right. Um, so we go back to the compound, or I guess outside the compound, because this is where Sarah is driving to the compound uh, from her house, obviously. And the police and media vans, TV vans, are all leaving. And Sarah, uh, she's listening to, like, a, a news radio article. Or, uh... News radio... Uh, bulletin type update. Bulletin type thing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it says that the compound has been declared a protected space by the government. So I guess this is because mm. it's a religious compound and it's probably protected under some type of religious laws is my guess. Interesting. Uh, they don't really go into that, but... Uh, and good Sarah time. arrives in, in the... yeah. It, Sarah arrives there just as this is happening, I guess. So that's good timing, like you said. And uh, she gets there, and everybody in the compound is celebrating and everything. Uh, but the Asian lady is basically like, all right, that was fun celebrating, but I'm going to have a baby now. Yeah. <laughs> she wants the Sarah parade to be over. Uh, so next we kind of go into a montage. Oh, wait, I guess I skipped... The elder, the black lady, the uh, el elder black lady, she says she wants to talk to Sarah later. That was the end of the scene. So we kind of go into a montage at this point, and we have Cal driving. It's like a music montage. And he's drunk, and he's swerving all over the road, and he's covered in mud. So we clear that at this point he's buried Silas, and he pulls the bo bottle out and just, like, chugs uh, the bottle of liquor that he has in the car. Because everybody loves a montage. <laughs> it is a montage. Yeah. Uh, so next we have uh, Mary is getting breakfast brought to her by the redhead, uh, her lover, I guess we'd say. And um, she, oh, they make out. And this is all in the montage. Cal gets, uh, goes to a gas station to get all washed up. Cause it's, Buy like some I said, new clothes. Because even Rocky had the montage. <laughs> Oh, does, oh, yeah, because I guess he does buy a new shirt or something, right? Yeah, Yeah, because he pulls the tags off it. It's for wherever he is. It's their, their Some type of souvenir shirt, shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we go, again, this is all still in the montage. We go to Cal going to, I guess, wherever he sent Sean, who was Mary's uh, boyfriend that Cal sent away. And he says, uh, this is not where you're supposed to be, Sean. So at this point, we assume that he's sending him back to be with Mary, right? Did you assume oh, this? Oh, no! No more lesbian sex! Oh, well, you never know. They, they know might that. have love yeah. all together. Yeah, I was going to say, we could get a threesome going yeah. on here. Oh. <laughs> you turn throat French again. <laughs> oh, la, la! <laughs> <laughs> Fro is turning into a French skunk, so... Um, <laughs> Thank you, Peppy. Ah, <laughs> uh, 
So next, this was a little weird scene. I don't understand exactly how this all happened, but Sarah and the elder are talking, and the elder lady uh, is basically saying what she said before in all these episodes, that Cal is not fit to lead and that he uh, has a lot of problems. And basically saying that Sarah, she she wants Sarah to take a more active role in uh, the leadership of the compound. Yeah. predicted that. <laughs> Change is coming, right. and Try, she needs yeah. to step up when it does. We predicted that, didn't we? <laughs> Last week we said, yeah, that it looked like Sarah, there was a possibility Sarah could end up yeah. becoming the leader of this place. Yeah. yeah. But she looks over on the table. I guess this is Sarah's office, uh, and there's kind of a package wrapped up, and she pulls out, like, an idol, I would call it. Yeah. And this idol looks just like the demon Medusa thing from her dream with the oh, red eyes. Cool. Yeah. And all the, the things all over it, all the markings. Right. And it's got the snake hair and everything. And the the elder says, oh, that looks like one of Silas's idols, basically. So we know this belonged to ah. Silas. But we don't know how it got on the desk. No. Unless, I guess, Silas brought it there before he got killed. I guess he maybe might that. Or he might have posted it or... Because he might have known what's going down. He seems... Right, but if, any, if there's any basis in any of this, if any of them are spiritual and have any links to anything or know anything... Yeah, it's Silas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, it's just strange because, like, the dream hadn't happened yet, and she hadn't told anybody. And I wouldn't say it was sent in the post because it didn't have any address or anything like that on it. It was a blank packaging and everything. Right. <laughs> Right, so we don't know what's going on here, really. But yeah, next we go to the FBI office. With the and F- you FBI see Mulder, Mulder and Scully, and this turns to an episode of <laughs> X-Files. Right, X-Files. <laughs> I'm, gu- I'm guessing, since I haven't seen it. How have uh, you? you must be clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Uh, no, but we find out this guy's name is Agent Gaines, which we might have heard before, but I found funny because... He- in the last episode, we see that he's this big, huge buff guy. Yeah. His name is Agent Gaines. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. got to be an inside joke right there. <laughs> Coughing? Um. <laughs> did you just turn into a Pokemon then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. She's all coughing. <laughs> coughing? <laughs> So, uh, what happens is, uh, right, the FBI office, uh, they're kind of joking around with the guy about the Myers compound, and his boss comes in and invites him to dinner with his wife at the country club, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's their, their private club, which I don't, over here, a private club is a lap dancing place. So, uh, that, uh, that like, could ah. also be the same thing here, but, uh, they, I think he meant country club, or yeah. it seemed like it, right. Uh, which I don't know if you call them country clubs over there either, but um, we we have things like golf clubs and things where you have to be a member and things, but it's not so right. much. There are places like it, but we don't have country clubs. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we go to this homeless shelter. So this is where Hawk and Eddie are kind of shacking up for the night. Uh. So at this point, I've realized that they don't. That, last time we saw Eddie clear out his whole wallet, and the only thing he had in his wallet was a picture of his family, right? So. Yeah. They don't have – they have very limited funds. Uh, 
So they're at a homeless shelter getting food, and this homeless guy threatens Hawk uh, about it, uh, taking his boots. He's yeah. like, uh, those boots look really nice, and then Eddie basically gets up in the dude's face. Oh! I does love this say, bit. Does he say, these boots are made for walking? <laughs> no, he oh. says that he needs to, like I said, we got a problem here, friend. And the guy goes, I ain't your friend. And then he goes, well, you got to back off. And then proper head-to-head, like forehead-to-forehead barges in backwards. Oh. Yeah, they do the pro wrestling kiss, kissy face. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah, to you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you, what you talk about, but it it, it sounds like, it sounds little. Uh, yeah. Oh, and Eddie tells Hawk that basically it doesn't matter about the vegetarianism while they're on this walk, because he's like, we get what we're given, and right, because they're getting meatballs. It looks like so. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, this this isn't vegetarian. Eddie's just like, yeah, no. We, we got we got to live, so we got to get whatever they give us. We got to be happy with this basically. Yeah. Least. Hmm. Um. So later that night, uh, Hawk is talking about his girlfriend, and Eddie's basically there by his side, sleeping on the floor, so that Hawk's not afraid of uh, being in this homeless shelter by himself. And so he can protect him. Right. So they wake up the next morning, and I found this part really interesting. Uh, Me too. So this is obviously a mission. So the guy, the priest of this church, comes out. Uh, and basically says, okay, everybody, everybody's waking up, and he's like, anybody that wants to join in on the prayer, uh, we're going to do like a morning prayer. If you don't want to, it's not, you don't have to. And uh, Eddie starts praying with um, the preacher. <gasps> like out loud, knows the full Ooh. prayer. It's not the right. Lord's Prayer, it's a different one. <laughs> right, and he's got, the, he's got his hands up in the prayer um, position, and Hawk is right behind him looking at him like, what the heck is going on here? I loved that oh. shot of Eddie praying, and you can see uh, Hawk behind him, but behind Hawk is a massive bookshelf of Bibles. Right, and you also have lens flare in this. There's like a window behind him, and you get kind of like a, a lens flare uh, happening. So it's a really, it's really well done, and it kind of it reminded me of something I said when we were discussing Total Divas. If that's a weird <laughs> enough connection. Uh, when I was talking about how... Oh, yeah, this this area always makes me think of wrestling. Well, I, I was talking about the part where the atheist guy wouldn't pray with the lady. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. With, who, the mother of Rosa. Yeah. And in, that's kind of what happened here is this: they were given food and a place to stay, and he was just praying with them because, you know, he's just not being a jerk is basically mm. what happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I thought it was interesting. Um. So we go to uh, oh, Sarah's Eddie. kitchen, I think. Right, this is Eddie's house. I was gonna say, but yeah, yeah, Sarah's kitchen. Sarah and Eddie's house, and she's making breakfast for her daughter, and it's very clear the daughter likes Eddie better. Yeah. She's I basically thought saying, ungrateful little cowbag. Yeah, but it, for some reason we've never gotten any indication of this before. But she's saying like, Daddy's pancakes are fluffier. And he always puts, like, blueberry smiley face on my pancakes. Things like that. Like, being a little snot to Sarah, basically. Uh, Who told you guys to get away with it? It kind of made me go back to the dream and think, like, okay, she turned into this evil demon thing. And now Sarah, she's not uh, obeying Sarah, you know what I mean? And things like this. All kind of goes together. But Sarah looks out the back window and Cal 
is sitting on her lawn chair in her backyard. What? Looking okay. rather worse for wear. Right. Um, so he's come to get help from Sarah, obviously, which we've seen Sarah, him confess to Sarah about drinking in the past when he went to his mother's house. Oh, right. let me guess. Let me guess something. Do they kiss in this episode? Uh, yeah. But we'll get to Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Good guess. Um, Thank you. So, I, next... As I was thinking, because uh, I'm sure, uh, uh, since I haven't seen this episode, this makes Sarah vulnerable that uh, she sees him acting in this way. Uh, uh, he has, he, she hasn't seen him this, this down. Vulnerable? Yeah, and and uh, and down before. Right, her motherly in- instincts are kicking yeah. in, kind of. So I, I was like, oh my gosh, they have to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next we go back to the compound, and Sean uh, shows up at the lake where Mary is. So we have our rekindling of the Mary Sean relationship. But I don't right want that relationship. But Mary does. But I sort of, I think. It's a bit difficult to know what Mary wants at the minute. <laughs> right. She is on drugs still, which yeah. we didn't mention before, but she's still taking the uh, morphine, which we find out a little later is not morphine, but I'll get into that. Um, and I kind of found out, uh, this is where I looked at it. This is basically Cal's uh, tree. Like when Hawk planted the tree because of his transgressions, Mm-mm. I think that Cal sees bringing Sean back as plant the kind of his planting of the tree his atonement for the wrong he's done by of killing silas does that make uh, sense yeah he did one bad thing and now he's done one good thing and so he it's... feels equal yeah which is obviously not equal but because he did it he took the guy away in the first oh, yeah, place because that's exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> right but in cal's messed up mind that's yeah. how i think this is how this is working so yeah back guy back to the compound and killing a guy is such yeah, the same. Right, but it's a cult. So, um, yes. <laughs> so now we're at the country club or private club, um, whatever you want to call it, and they're having dinner. Uh, the FBI agent and his boss, Agent Gaines, and his boss. And I like this scene too. This is really good. Uh, the boss, bas- the waiter shows up, and the boss o- orders for the whole group before they even have a chance to like look at the menu, basically. Ah, ah, Which. Yeah, I wouldn't have been very impressed with that. That's it's a power it's a power move. People who are in those kind of positions, yeah. they like to make the power move first so that they're on top of uh, the conversation or everybody in the room, you know. So probably why I can't stand it. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but this is a boss, so there you go. Uh, and he says that a senator has made them drop the Myers case uh, to Department of uh, Homeland Security. So it's no longer the FBI's jurisdiction. Oh. Yeah, we are no, we are officially no longer involved in all that. That doesn't really make sense. Right, and so Agent Gaines is basically, isn't that senator the same one that's running for office this next term? Uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, but that doesn't. Have, he's like, this is bullshit. He's like, this is all just political, like, uh, just to get it off of his plate so he doesn't have to deal with it. And he's like, but that was my case. That was like gonna make my career and then he kind of right at the end of saying all that he says 
and I fucking hate pot pie, which is what the guy ordered for <laughs> for them, and then he just storms out of the restaurant. So it's brilliant. I loved that bit. It was really loud, you know, when you see all the hoity-toity rich people looking like, oh my gosh. And right, just, and, no, and no. I just wrote at the bottom of this scene in my notes, this is why Americans are mad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and look at this scene. This is pretty much why Americans are mad at, like, the elite and a lot of the reason why people like Donald Trump uh, are running are able to run for president right now. So Yeah. Uh, so next we go to a diner with... Uh, Eddie and Hawk, and they're still on their walk. They're getting dinner. And they're offered a ride by an older couple, because the older couple saw them outside with no car or anything. And they basically say, no, we can't. We can't do that. And they say, oh, we're we're going all the way to Brighton Beach. And we find out that this was Eddie's hometown before yeah. he got into the cult. So Hawk basically says, Oh, it's fate. I mean, we got to do it. So they go with these people. So back to Eddie's house, Cal's throwing up in the toilet. Uh, obviously, he's super hungover. Uh, and the the daughter is basically like, is Cal trans? Has he transgressed? And the mom's like, sometimes it's not a transgression of the mind. It might be a transgression of the body, basically. <laughs> Um, and we, uh, go, uh, she takes Cal downstairs in her office, uh, which she pulls out these graphs and basically shows the donations that have been coming into the Myers movement through their donation site, I guess, um, since the Hondurans were taken in by Cal. Mm. Uh, and it's uh, tons and tons of money is now coming in because Cal did this and people kind of empathize with it. Um, interesting. And this is kind of the beginning of Cal real like he's at the very bottom and you're real Cal's realizing wait a second I'm like the best. Like you can see it in his eyes he's like wait a second. I I did it. I I yeah. can keep doing this even though I killed the guy. Um So we uh we go back to Brighton Beach uh or I guess we go to Brighton Beach uh where Eddie and uh Hawk are now. And this is like uh basically it's a West Coast boardwalk kind of uh it's like the West Coast version of Coney Island or something like that. Um, and Eddie starts to, uh, talking about his dead brother, and so he kind of breaks down. Um, Aww. Because he's back home and he hasn't been there in so long. And he was worried. He didn't really want to go with these people because he was afraid it was going to bring back too many memories. And we know that he had all those problems with with his brother and the. Uh, committing suicide and then yeah. uh, meeting up with people in his town doing drugs. So he's going back to his hometown that is kind of like, I guess, a trigger in a way. Yeah. Uh, so next we have the birth scene with the Asian lady. <laughs> okay. And she's in a little, like, uh, baby pool, I guess you would say. Yeah, it's an inflatable birthing pool. Okay. I actually okay. really feel for her for the first time in this whole series. The one that's giving birth. Because nobody gives a crap? Yeah. She's like in sitting scene, in the middle of the room. Yeah. yeah, literally in a birthing pool, having contractions, trying to breathe through it. Kids screaming around, running up and down the stairs with whoever's supposed to be looking after them, screaming after them. Her husband's just wandering around, was he eating an ice cream or something. And 
blooming Sarah and I think it's Sarah's mum just sitting there talking about Sarah's dream that she had. <laughs> and she's like, hello, I'm giving birth here. Can this please yeah, she's not like be about Sarah? In agony, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, I would totally be as bitchy as she's been towards the whole Sarah thing if well, that, that was is, the case. Well, that would be hormonal and everything too, so there you oh, go. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I wondered why, when you said birthing pool, I kind of wondered why this kiddie pool had handles on the side of it. So that, yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> that makes sense now. Oh my gosh. So we see pretty much everything except for, like, they do a silhouette of, like, her open legs and the baby coming out. So you see oh, basically oh. the baby coming out and everything happening, except it's all silhouetted. Nice. Um which I guess that's later, but we do see that. Uh, but Cal comes in, and he's basically like, Sarah's like, are you all, all right to be here? Uh, and Cal says, yeah, I want to help. And so Cal's version of helping a pregnant lady is just holding his hands up in the air and kind of like trying to focus energy like a Jedi or something. Yeah. Uh, when I wrote this down, I put Cal turns up and, and then in quotation marks, helps. And drew hands because he just right, stands there, just like pointing his hands at her. Sort of thing. Right, it looks like Luke Skywalker trying to lift the rock in really? the scene. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. it's funny because I mean, it, but it also makes a point that uh, Cal is back into his into bullshit mode, you yeah. know, and he's still gonna go with, oh, this religion is real, even though he knows it's all bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so back in. At the beach, Eddie and Hawk are... Finishing Hawk their clam rolls. What's a clam roll? Oh, right, yeah. Uh, earlier, I guess I skipped over that, didn't I? Oh, uh, they spent the very last of their money on uh, boardwalk food. Clam rolls are basically uh, clams with uh, mayonnaise and things in, in like a, a really um, buttery roll. So it's kind of like a sandwich made of seafood, is what it is. Is it good? Uh, I like lobster rolls, but I don't think I've ever had a clam roll. So. What about funnel cake? Uh, Did I mention that as well? Yeah, it's like a big uh, fried uh, piece of dough with sugar on it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, these are all just basic uh, carnival foods in America. Yeah, yeah, we don't have Maybe that, not the so. clam roll. Clam roll is probably more boardwalk because it's like seafood. Because yeah. they're right next to the ocean, so, yeah. But see, we have these places, we but we get donuts and uh, cotton candy and ice cream and popcorn and hot dogs. Yeah, we have all those things, too. We have, like, uh, what, elephant ears have... and then uh, we have cockles, potato, I suppose. potato wheels and things, yeah. Potato what? They're like uh, potato spirals. It's like a you take a, they take a potato, right, and they spiral it out into kind of like a spiral shape and they stick it on a stick and then they put it in a deep fryer Ooh. yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like a gigantic mm. french fry yeah amazing mm. okay so let's go to america and go down some boardwalks <laughs> and get really fat <laughs> more fat yeah yeah i mean uh, county fairs and state fairs and things around here it's basically no you don't ever go eat the food and then go on the rides because that's not you just don't yeah no yeah no, yeah, that's that's a given round here as well. <laughs> but right, but yeah, so they finished their clam rolls. They yeah. finished their clam rolls, and Eddie and Hawk are talking about finding the light and when Eddie found the light, because Hawk is like, I don't think I've found, like, see, had that vision of, like, 
being perfect, uh, having a perfect existence, because that's kind of what it's supposed to be is when you found the light, I guess. Um, and Eddie basically says, I never, that never happened to me. I just married your mother, and that's when I felt that. Um, and Hawk's still upset about Ashley, so they're talking about this again. And Eddie says, well, you should just go call her. <laughs> like, the most sensible, reasonable thing ever. Like, why don't you stop bitching about it and just call her? So Hawk yeah. goes, oh, all right. That's a good idea. What, like, what if she turns me down? And he's like, well, then you'll know that that's it. Like, that's what if she place. doesn't and I have to leave? He's like, well, then you'll know. And... Yeah, so uh, Hawk calls uh, her, and you can kind of hear him in the background. This is all in the background, but he, you can tell that they uh, got back together. Because he's kind of like saying how, uh, oh yeah, I miss you too, this kind of thing. Because you only hear one side of the conversation. Aww. But as this is all happening, across the boardwalk, Eddie sees what he, his dead brother. Or what he what? thinks is his dead brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, is this when he sees him in a big group of guys? Right, and they're all, he sort the of guys wanders are off all from Hook, doesn't he? Yeah. So the the guys are all walk down the beach, and Eddie is kind of just mesmerized, and his brother is staring right back at him. Um, so he he walks down the beach after after his dead brother. Go is ahead, bro. Dead? Yep. But he's seen him before. Remember the very beginning? He saw him in his ayahuasca trip. But he's not on ayahuasca now. No, he's not. But I, I wonder mean, if you can have flashbacks. You know, you can have acid flashbacks. Maybe you can have ayahuasca flashbacks. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's very possible. This could all just be part of his psychosis, which, I mean, he's also under a lot of stress. So, right. uh, you know, there's a lot of combinations of things this could be, but it could also be. Supernatural. We don't know, really. Mm. At this point. So, uh, he walks down the beach, like, kind of leaving Hawk there. Um, we go back to the birthing scene, and this is where we get the silhouette of the baby coming out. And uh, Cal is uh, just basically standing back while everybody else is helping to deliver this baby. And the baby's born, and it isn't crying or anything, and it's not breathing. So... Uh, it looks like the baby's dead. Uh, then, yes. go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, and uh, Nicole, the one that's giving birth, she's also frantically shouting that there's something wrong. Yeah, like, before just it even she's, comes out, right? Yeah, yeah, but she's like, "There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I know there's something wrong." Baby comes out, not breathing, not crying, cord wrapped around its neck twice. Yeah, and it's it's kind of all blue and everything. Uh, they did a good job of this scene, really. They did, but then they sort of half didn't because the baby would have been fine for as long as it was attached to the mother's placenta and the mother's placenta was still inside the mother. So, like, the, the immediacy, it wouldn't have happened that quickly. But right. they, they did do it well, considering. <laughs> it's a very so, hard thing uh, to... Sarah grabs the baby and takes the cord around, off its neck and she basically gives him one, you know, uh, breath... Uh, of CPR, no like compressions or anything, just one breath, and then she kind of starts praying, I would say, over the baby. Uh, and at this point, I was, I was convinced this baby was not coming back. To be mm -hmm. honest, I was convinced. And then as she's praying, the baby uh, starts crying, and everybody 
you know, is amazed. And Cal is like the most amazed out of anyone in this situation. Yeah, he looks sort of amazed and a bit scared. <laughs> well, I mean, he Did knows the, the religion fear? is bullshit. And then she prays and makes a baby come back to life. So <laughs> but I think this is when he starts realizing that he's not the the one. The chosen one. Yeah, yeah, I think right. he. I think that's the moment he realizes how much power she's got. Mm. I right. don't know if yeah, he's. He does look a bit scared, just in a kind of threatened way. Not in a scared like, oh, she's going to come and kill me and get rid of me or anything, but in a, <clears throat> oh, she's she might be more powerful than me. Right. Yeah, he way. does kind of have that look in his eye, like he's pressing himself up against the wall, kind of like, oh my gosh, this is happening in front of me right now. Yeah. Um. So next we go back to the compound and we have Sean and and Mary, and they're doing this demolition man sex that we've seen before. Yeah. Where they like right. kind of do this kind of pose together. Oh. Uh. It's and... I think it's called the Lover's Lotus. Okay, there you go. When you sit like that, and it can be used um a lot of in couples therapy and things like that. They get you to sit like it and do deep breathing together to try and get your energies. Yeah, the they're they're definitely level. doing the deep breathing here too. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they're kind of they're telling truth truths to each other, trying to connect to each other. So this is where we find out what this drug is she's taking. It's called Buprin uh, nor norphine, and so it's not morphine. But I found out it's supposed to be combined with another drug when used to uh, com- combat heroin addiction. But it's also oh. used for. Uh, pain for things like people who have cancer and stuff like that. So yeah. it's pretty heavy I, duty stuff. I did wonder because it looks like she's taking like little acid tabs of it. Yeah, they're like mel- melting tablet. the little melting things instead of yeah. pills. Very bizarre. And I've got a very small <laughs> screen, so I couldn't read what it said. <laughs> I had to pause it a couple times to get the name on the box because they yeah. didn't really make a point of it or anything. No, it's just a, she's on something. Right. So, um. Yeah, Mary goes into the bathroom, uh, and she's going to throw away these drugs, it seems like, but then yeah. she kind of decides, oh, crap, I'm totally addicted, and she takes another one. Uh, so we go to the after-birthing scene, uh, and Cal and Sarah are washing up in the back room. Um, yeah, to, get know, all that baby get, juice off them. Yeah, yeah, get all the baby off of their hands. <laughs> and... Um, they're talking uh, about – basically about uh, Cal is saying, wow, you really impressed me out there. And then they kind of just start making out. Yay! Yeah. I'm a good guesser. Which they were both totally into it at the beginning. And then Sarah kind of backs off towards the end. And once she starts backing off away from it because she's like, wait, I'm married. Like, we can't do this. We can't do this. Uh, Cal, like, breaks down crying again, like, on her shoulder. Aww. Um, but then he turns up and he says, I have to tell you something. Uh, Eddie's lying to you. So he's playing the car, the Eddie's lying card about, uh, Allison and all that. We don't actually find out that yet, but Sarah just assumes, uh, at this point. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's, that's why you made him walk. <laughs> right. That's why you ma- made him take the walk. Cause he was lying to me, but you didn't want to m- hurt my feelings basically. So we go back to the beach, and Eddie is walking up behind his dead brother on the beach, um, and he walks – his brother's walking towards the ocean. Eddie w- walking towards the ocean, and 
his brother turns around and looks straight at him, and Eddie's crying on the beach. And then you get a wide-angle shot of this beach. Nobody else on the beach except for Eddie standing there mm. all by himself. And then you cut and a back. bunch of seagulls. Right, and a bunch of seagulls. But we're the shot right before that you saw his dead brother. So now you know this his it's he's not alive or anything. But Eddie, in this moment, you kind of make see that he comes to a realization because his brother says kind of like this is where you're supposed to be is that what you got from it i'm not sure because as he was staring at his brother he also ends up staring at the setting sun as well right I straight got, into the light i what i got from it was kind of um it may he's looking at him and i i felt like his brother was saying listen dude it's better to be homeless out here with no money and uh with your son than being a cult. That's what yeah. it kind of felt like to me. So we get our final scene here and Sarah's back at her house, uh, tearing through everything, all of Eddie's stuff, going through all of his desk drawers and his, uh, dresser drawers. She can't find anything, uh, tearing the house apart. So she goes out to Eddie's car and she finds the burner phone from episode Ooh. one. That he didn't dispose of. That's the whole idea of these phones. Of having it? a burner phone, right? Yeah. He left it in the, glove box of the car so that wasn't real smart of him but yeah we end with her in the car looking at all the phone numbers on this telephone and getting very upset so call back to episode one really cool wow and it's interesting that it's just two episodes left it is it kind of doesn't feel like it's done enough to only have two episodes i was gonna say if the last episode made, uh, if it had made me think that there wasn't going to be a second season, this episode made me think that there was. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't I, see this being I, a one season. Do we have any news about that? I looked it up this week. I haven't looked it up in the last couple of days, but they had not released anything about it. Okay, okay. Interesting. Uh, have you read any books this week, Tilly? <laughs> no. 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 Look. Oh, crap. I didn't write it down. Uh, oh, Dark Money is what I started this week. Yeah, I bought that. Uh, what yeah, is it's, it? Um, it's, it's basically about the global elite and their schemes to get as much money as possible and how yeah. it's ruining our society. So, yeah. really interesting. It's super interesting. I really liked it. Uh, I read the camera Bloodthirst this week. Uh, if you want a free book, where can you get that, Tilly? Audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Yes. So please do that. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Luke? Oh, we didn't do news coming next week. Yeah, I know. Oh, you want to do plugs first. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to plug, uh, uh, I guess I'll just plug uh, littlehandfulsorganic.com Yeah. Yep. Go there because it's uh, super. I actually recommended it to some of my friends that uh, are trying to get their little kids to eat. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, by themselves. So I think they ordered some things from there actually. Really cool. Yeah. Tell her. 
Um, I'd like to remind everybody in the UK to make sure that they're registered to vote on the EU referendum. Yeah. And also, happy birthday, Greg. It's my mate Greg's birthday. Oh, I can't happy... be out drinking, so. Oh, happy birthday, Greg. Happy birthday, Greg. Uh, happy birthday, Norway, yesterday. Oh, oh. happy birthday, Norway. I wow. saw that. Yeah, Norway Day. Is that what it's called, really? No, it isn't. Oh, okay. It's it's the national day of Norway. I called it Norway Day. Oh, okay. I like Norway Day better, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, me too. Uh, next week. Oh, my gosh. Next week. Uh, I guess you will continue talking about the path. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm talking about the first ever episode of Preacher. Uh, it got a five from Norwegian television. And it says it's Breaking Bad on speed. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. So Is that five out of five or five out, out of... Out of six. Oh. Okay, that's weird. But that's right. weird. It's, uh, it's uh, always... It's metric, apparently. No, it's a dice. <laughs> oh. Ah. Well, that sort of makes sense, but still yeah. a bit weird. I know, because Norway is weird. But uh, yeah, when when people like say like it's like uh, Breaking Bad on speed, my expectations get up. So yeah, we will talk about that next week. Uh, we are also talking about angry. <laughs> I can't believe that this this is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Angry Birds the movie. <laughs> uh, Nobody can say we discriminate against movies. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, why? Oh, okay. Uh, we are talking about extreme rules results, uh, of course, and we are going to play the first ever round of Stump Pro. So that's all n- next week. Hooray! Yay! Yay! Bluebells just come up to um, Say start goodbye. being noisy. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is. Okay, from Bluebell and everybody, this is good night. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.